Division 3 basketball season is wrapping up in a few days. It's time to turn it on up because it doesn't get any better than this. The Division 3 season may be wrapping up, but we're turning the corner to the March Madness. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Hope you're enjoying another season of Hoopsville on another great night of Division 3 basketball. If you want to interact with us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. You can join us on YouTube where we're simulcasting the show, youtube.com slash d3hoopsville. Lots of ways you can interact with us. We hope you'll take advantage of them. A little bit different musical interlude tonight. Wanted to have a little bit of fun with that uh, because it's actually a great song more than anything, but most especially the fact that for Division Three. We kind of recycle a little bit. We get going a little bit. We start doing things again a little bit. And we turn up the excitement. We turn up the expectations. We turn up what we do and do it all over again. We've been doing it all over again for 20 seasons here on Hoopsville, and we are glad that you have joined us. Got a great lineup of coaches tonight to talk to, great programs to talk to. We'll talk to Oswego men's basketball coach Jason Leon about his Lakers team, which you remember, might remember that Brockport's coach a few weeks back said you should be keeping an eye on the Lakers, that they are much better than people realized. I think people now realize. We'll then pivot to Case Western Reserve. They are the first to clinch an automatic bid to the Division Three men's basketball tournament or either tournament. Todd McGinnis will join us to talk about the first ever UAA title for his program. Then we'll talk women's basketball. Messiah women's basketball coach Mike Miller will be joining us. Is it possible the Falcons are flying a little under the radar? We'll talk to him about whether he thinks so. And going undefeated in the MAC Commonwealth, just not something you normally see happen. Then we'll talk to you Chicago women's basketball. Did you know only one team made the uh, NCAA tournament last year out of the UAA? I, I mean, I did, but I think some people forget about that. I bet three at least will make it this season, and you, Chicago, is part of the reason. Maria Williamson will join us to talk about her team. We'll have a brief interlude, and we'll talk about the Hall of Fame, the Naismith Hall of Fame. We'll talk more about it in depth, but for the first time ever, Division Three has representation in the finalist list in Dave Hickson, the head coach, former of Amherst. And yes, Popovich has got a little bit of D3 ties as well. We'll talk to Dave Hickson about all of that, and then we'll go out to the West Coast. Pomona Pitzer absolutely earned their way to a regular season Skyac championship. Coach Katsiafikas joins us to talk about his Sage Hens men's basketball team, and we have a little fun at the end about how wacky the weather is throughout Division Three. Speaking of the weather, it's playing a role in Division Three. A number of games postponed yesterday to today. 
Games postponed today to tomorrow due to snow everywhere. But in my backyard, high 70s today. Kind of odd. But as a result, we have a lot of scores to keep track of tonight. If you're watching us live, we'll at least dip around, see what's going on. One result that is already in that has certainly caused some people to take a peek, as it were. Finlandia women knocked off Salisbury 72-60 in the C2C quarterfinals. So Salisbury falls to Finlandia. I think a lot of people like to take uh, assumptions sometimes about programs. I am certainly guilty of doing that myself. Congratulations to Finlandia. That is a huge win for that program. Um, the Lions are 12-11 and 11 now. Uh, the big win over Salisbury. Salisbury this season, not prototypical or what we've been used to over the years, certainly. Don't want to spin it in any way other than that. But... Um, Finlandia, big win. The problem, Finlandia is going to take on Christopher Newport uh, tomorrow in the semifinals of the C2C. But congratulations on the last. So we'll keep an eye on those. We'll keep an eye on men's games. There's some tremendous games out there that will be taking place tonight, and we will certainly help guide you through it, though obviously talking to a lot of great coaches. Um, let's talk about the fundraiser efforts that we have. If you notice on the tote board in the upper corner, we have eclipsed $5,000. We are Halfway to our goal. Our goal was pushed, as it were, by John Krikorian of Christopher Newport. On the last show, he said, oh, 5000 isn't good enough, David. Raise that to $10,000. And since you've raised it to $10,000, I now challenge everyone out there in Division Three to donate $50 themselves. A number of you have, and I am more than grateful for that. But we're only halfway to our goal. So here it is. Let's get at it. And uh, your help will help us move towards the 21st season of Hoopsville and add some other things that we've been meaning to do for a long time. We're going to spend a lot of the offseason, in fact, trying to garner the support so that we can do that. But this is a way you can help us get past the 20th season and into that postseason to get going from there. So lots to talk about, um, lots to discuss, lots to take a look at. Um, it's a great, great uh, time of year. To say the least, in Division Three, And again, a reminder, let's talk about some scheduling things here. On Sunday, 6 o'clock is when we're aiming to be on the air with Hoopsville for our mock selection special, our, our Hoopsville selection Sunday. Understand, the committees will be doing that work at the same time. We will be doing our mock selections to say who we think, looking at all the data, and trying to read the tea leaves with the committee, we think will be in the NCAA tournament in both men's and women's. We will start with the women and we'll end up doing the men's second. We'll also hear from both committee chairs on Sunday, talking to them about any last-minute items, anything that we should keep in mind, and how things are going for them as they prepare for those final um, bits of work and then, of course, bracketing. So that's a Sunday show, 6 o'clock. We'll have a number of our panelists on and experts to try and make those decisions. And if you're just tuning into Division Three or you're just tuning into Hoopsville, we have a pretty good record at this. We average about missing only one of the 20 or more at-large selections every season. We don't have any expectations to be anything but that, if not perfect. If We always strive to be perfect, and we've, we've achieved that on a couple of occasions, or a few occasions, not just a couple. Uh, we'll also talk to some of the coaches throughout Division Three or 
somebody from a program that has already clinched an automatic bid. We sprinkle those in while we can do some work behind the scenes. So that's Sunday, six o'clock Eastern time is our aiming point. You never know, might start even earlier than that. We'll get to that when we can. Uh, then we will go to um, Monday. Now let's update everybody because we've been given quite a bit of information on this. The men's bracket in Division Three will be released at 1 p.m. Eastern. It is a show on NCA.com. We'll have it as well at D3Hoops.com. Brendan Gulick and myself will be doing that. Brendan Gulick, if you don't know, is a graduate of John Carroll. We will be doing that show. I won't be joining him. We'll be doing it from the Hoopsville Studios, but we'll be doing that show, and that'll be released at 1 o'clock. The women's, we were told initially, is at 3. Now we're told it's at 2.30. I've heard behind the scenes maybe it's a little chaotic, but... We're going with 2.30. 2.30 Eastern time, the women's bracket will be announced. Again, it'll be Gulick and myself doing that. We will be on the air with Hoopsville at 7 o'clock that night with our bracket breakdown special. That will include another conversation with the committee's chairs talking specifically about decisions they made, bracketing decisions, at-large decisions, etc. And then we'll get our experts in for some you know, gut-shot opinions on it on a Monday night. So we don't tend to listen to or hear from a lot of programs because it's very difficult to book at the last minute, though you never know, we might get a couple in, but really to be the committees and the experts on that. And then next Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern time, will be our NCA preview show. No, we can't talk to all 128 programs out there. No, we can't even touch talk to half. We can't even talk to a, a quarter, but we will certainly talk to some of those, either surprises, significant milestones, whatever, that are coming up and playing in the opening rounds of the NCAA tournament. So there you go. A couple other bits of news. Reminder, the women have priority this season, meaning in bracketing, the women, women's, if you have two schools that can host the opening weekend, case in point, or I should say two programs at the same school. Christopher Newport is an example of that. Wash U has been kind of in the mix for that. There could be others. The women will have priority, so then the men, if they could host, will not. They would have to be on the road. So just some things to keep in mind as we move forward. Again, if you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also join us on our live stream on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also join us on our on our YouTube uh, simulcast, youtube.com slash Hoopsville. Lots of ways to interact with us. I hope you'll take advantage of them. Um, we certainly would love to hear from you and uh, look forward to... Uh, interacting as we also talk to some great coaches plenty to talk about um throughout and again hats off to finlandia women with a big win over salisbury um that is nothing to shake a stick at by the way uh odak women's basketball has started things off at the salem civic center they play on thursday saturday sunday men do the friday saturday sunday this season um and in games that have already taken place uh, wnl defeated ferrum 85 69 Randolph defeated Guilford 65-59. That's a bit of an upset. Uh, ongoing right now, it is Shenandoah and Randolph making tied at 39-39. I thought there was another game, but maybe it's coming up later. I'm going to double check. Oh, here it is. Yeah, coming up later, Roanoke's taking on Bridgewater. So that is the uh, final game, and then the men will do it again on Friday. Been down to that ODAC tournament uh, before. We actually did Hoopsville down there uh, for, the, for a Thursday show, and Saw the women and men's uh, Thursdays and Fridays. I don't remember how long I stayed down there. I actually have to go back and double check. But it was a great event, really fun event, and kind of was the precursor to why the men in 2013 felt so comfortable about doing the uh, 
the quarterfinals and semifinals at Salem when we when we went to the all um, D1, D2, D3 championship in Atlanta. It was certainly because Salem was very familiar with how to run that kind of larger event. So there you go. Um, trying to think. I think we got it all covered. Obviously, we're going to keep track of what's going on, and we got lots of great conversations we had. I think for the first time in, in a bit, we are going on the air with a bit of news that is uh, needing some extra attention and love. So I want to thank everybody for that. Um, not having to sw- stress at all about what the goings-on are elsewhere. Uh, some other scores from around men's basketball. Uh, Salisbury men defeated Pratt 76-43 to advance to the uh, semifinals of the C2C. Santa Cruz defeated Warren Wilson 87-72. So they will, uh, they'll advance on as well. Of course, waiting for him is Mary Washington and Christopher Newport men. And again, the women, and that, those games taking place, remember, out in uh, on the West Coast at Santa Cruz, um, not affected apparently by the weather. The women's games are taking place at Mary Washington on the other coast, um, down in Virginia. And again, weather is playing a huge factor. There was quite a bit of snow in the Portland area last night, certainly not something that Portland area tends to deal with all that often. We've had a huge amount of snow being dumped in the upper Midwest. That has changed schedules across the board in uh, the the WIAC, the UMAC, the MIAC, uh, maybe the ARC. I can't remember all of them, but huge impacts, and that's why we got a bit more games tonight, and we'll have more games tomorrow as well. Uh, quick note to all of you who might be watching us, or should say listening to us on our podcast version of this show, which means you're not listening to us live. Do us a favor. Uh, go Whoever you're, you're streaming your podcast through, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google or um, TuneIn or... Whoever it is, make sure you give us a review. Maybe uh, give us a five-star like as well. Those reviews help um, increase the exposure of the program for anybody who might be tuning in. Funny story, and I'm sure we'll cover it in more detail at a later date because I'm going to wait a bit. Um, But I did get it reached out by a a podcast uh, indicating that um, they were interested in maybe having me on their show and and working on details. Uh, They said, we thought we were the longest-running Division three basketball basketball show in all the land, uh, and then we found you. <laughs> we are in our twentieth season. We were founded in two thousand. If you want to do the math, yes, that means a few years, which were early on. We did not have our show, uh, but it was kind of. I got a kick out of that, and uh, we'll hopefully be uh, coordinating somehow to get together um, and be uh, on each other's programs, or at least on theirs, uh, to talk about their favorite team as well. So there you go. We're off and running on this Thursday evening. Lots to talk about in Division Three, and we'll keep you updated on things. A latest score, for example, in women's basketball down at the ODAC. And the two-seed uh, Randolph-Macon women lead Shenandoah, the seven-seed, uh, 47-44. That's 7-10 left to go uh, in, the, in that game, I believe, in that game. Also, men's scores just getting underway. John Carroll and Marietta, Mount Union, and Heidelberg. Those games are five minutes in. We'll keep an eye on those things. Rhode Island College defeated UMass Dartmouth 66-60 in the Little East semifinals. Uh, That's great for Rhode Island College. I think they're a sneaky team that we haven't even had a chance to talk about here on the show as much. And uh, we'll keep an eye and see maybe get them on the show should they win the conference tournament. And with that, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get going into our conversations. We'll start with Oswego. Jason Leon will join us. They've they've been around some snow this year. This season, we'll talk to him about how it's impacted the program, but more importantly, how they got through the SUNYAC with just one loss, albeit at home to Brockport, and just how scary good 
that Lakers team just might be. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. So much more after this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To to stop stop sexual sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% will go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. 
But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I learned them. Welcome back to Hoops Hill, everybody. As we continue on this Thursday evening, you get questions for us. Tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook or YouTube where we're live simulcasting the show, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. All that information, scroll at the bottom of your screen. Reminder, Sunday's big Mac, um, mock marathon show, or mock selection show, I should say, combination of many different things. Uh, we'll be talking about much of the questions you may have, but if you have some tonight, we'll certainly try and answer them as well. Uh, one of the teams that certainly gets uh, a lot of attention in Division Three, or maybe not enough, depends on your point of view, but one that I think um, we probably shied away from early on in the season and waited things out and then finally decided, yeah, we'll, we'll have them on. We'll have a conversation. It is uh, Jason Leon and the Lakers of Oswego as they join us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Jason, first and foremost, congratulations on what is an absolutely tremendous season. And I dare say this was what you had as expectations, correct? You dare say correctly, my friend. So <laughs> you're smart and I am undersell over deliver, right? So, well, yeah, fair. That's my, that's my economics degree at U of R, you know what I mean? So, um, well, but I, at least yeah, somebody got something great- out of that. First of all, before we get started, I got to embarrass you here for everybody that's watching. It's Dave's birthday today, so let's make sure everybody <laughs> tweets out or sends him a text or whatever. That it's happy twenty first birthday to Dave McHugh. Yes, sir. Yes, definitely twenty first after something. Um, it's been that's right. It's, it's been a while. Uh, the wife snuck something in on me. I only noticed it in the commercial break when I was looking over my shoulder. There's apparently something over my shoulder. I had no idea she set up. Uh, but thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And yes, 21. Definitely 21 after something. Um, speaking of embarrassing, uh, no, I'm kidding. I got no transition there. Uh, again, you guys are having a, a bang-up season. Uh, I remember early on thinking, okay, yeah, this might not be the Oswego team I was expecting. And then Brockport came in and kind of punched you guys in the nose. And granted, it's Brockport. It's, it's a conference game, but it was at your place. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, am I, do I, are my expectations and what I'm seeing a little too lofty? Did you guys have trouble getting out of the gate? Yes. So we, I mean, so our model in, in recruiting, um, most years you'll see about 85 to 90% of our roster, you know, traditional high school recruits. And then, um, you know, we've, we've mixed in, sprinkled in some, Four-year college transfers from Division Two, a couple Division One, but mostly Division Two players. Um, we've had one junior college kid that's playing for us right now, but mostly four-year guys, and those guys have kind of filled in holes for us, and um, mostly guys in our front court. You know, um, those guys are a little bit harder to get. Really good high school guys, 
in our leagues. So, um, you know, when you do it that way, Dave, you're going to, in my opinion, you have a little bit of, it's going to take a little bit more time with those guys. You're going to play them if you're going to take them, you know, um, and then, but you're going to live with some lumps there. Um, the two guys that were playing this year that weren't on the team last year um, are guys that just hadn't played in a lot of high leverage situations. So you're living through on the road at Nazareth, um, home against Brockport, two really good teams. Um, but we also beat some really good teams. Uh, you know, Hobart, um, you know, has, has a great player in Jackson Mechanic. We beat them in our first game. They, they played really well against us, had an opportunity to beat us. And Eastern Connecticut, I know, you know, Billy Geithner really well. And I think they've won at least 18 games, something like 12 of the last 13 years. And they were working through some lumps too, but that was a really good road win for us. And, um, but we didn't play well in the first semester relative to what I think people expected. Um, and it just took us some time, but, um, you know, we, if you watch our team now, I think compared to the first semester, at least to me, um, I have no idea why, but we've taken a big step forward, and, and that's obviously really nice to see. You don't know why. Uh, that's a little scary. I would hope the coach would know why. I, I, I really, well, I mean, obviously there's some things that, you know, the, the guys that I think we, we've developed our bench a little bit, that's for sure. And then the two guys that I mentioned that we brought in, those guys have gotten a lot better. Um and sometimes just a switch gets flipped, you know, and yeah. uh, I think a common thing when you have some high expectations, you know, guys, because of what the year we had last year, they want to fast forward and ultimately they'll probably be judged on what happens here in the next couple of weeks if we make the tournament. And if we have any success in the tournament, if we're able to make it. And, uh, you know, it's a common thing for older teams to kind of want to fast forward to that point in the season. But sports yeah. don't work that way. Sports no. don't work that way. Well, and really, I forgot to mention the Nazareth game, which was two prior to Brockport. So really, really it was two out of three there in that stretch. Uh, Three-point yep. loss on the road to them, and then the 11-point the loss to Brockport at home. Um, but again, we had we had Brockport on. We, we had Greg on, and, and we talked about um, your program. And at that point, he said, listen, they're the one to be watching in this conference. They're the one we need to be considering. You guys have absolutely smoked. I think that's what stands out to me. It's not that you're beating teams I'm expecting you to beat in the Suniac. You're absolutely handling most of them. Brockport, of course, 79-73, wouldn't expect otherwise. They've got a pretty good team. Um, but 102-62 over Cortland, who at one point this season was having a pretty good year. You guys are really high-octane. Yeah, I think one of the things that's different about our team this year from last year, I think we're a little bit more adept offensively. Um, we've added some good skill. Well, we had guys improve, and then we've added um, a couple of really good shooters to the mix. So we, I think last year we were probably, I'm guessing from our opponents, seen as a little bit more high-level athleticism, um, and we were an opportunistic scoring team. This year we're combining skill with that athleticism, so we have sure. you know guys that can get in the lane and, our three guards are really, really good players, Dave, and they, they all can get in the lane, but each of them has added a facet to their game this year that I think has helped the other players around them. And, you know, we're playing undersized basketball at the four and five. We're starting six, four, six, uh, five. Um, so, you know, the question is, um, you know, when we play that team that has the six, nine, six, ten big guy, can our team compete at that level against those type of teams? We don't see that in our league. Um, the closest thing we see to it, Nazareth has an elite level center, and we have a scrimmage against Rochester every year that's always a high level scrimmage. And obviously, they have Ryan Algier, and they're always a really big and long team. So that's a great, 
scrimmage for us because, you know, we get exposed in areas that we need to get exposed in so we can, you know, hopefully use it as a fact-finding yeah. uh, method of getting better as the year goes on. Uh, talk about this team a little bit. You're outscoring your opponents, as to my point, tw- about almost 23 points per contest. Uh, you've got four guys in double figures, starting with Jeremiah Sparks at 16 plus, 13 and a half from Devin Green. Uh, Aki Anderson's at 11 and a half, 10 plus from uh, Cartier Bowman, and, and still other guys that contribute. And that's not to say anything about Roback and, and, and Keel and Cook, et cetera. Rebounding everybody's contributing there. There's nobody who jumps out there. There's three, four guys who can grab six rebounds a game. Everybody's passing the ball around. You've got three players, three players who have had 84 or more assists in this season. Plus they've got steals. You've got three guys with 33 or more of that. This, as good as you've had teams over the past, this feels the most well-rounded and most... um, Maybe unselfish. I don't know if that's the right term, but certainly you're using a lot of weapons. We're playing at a much faster pace. If you watched some of our other teams yeah, advance the big tournament, we've played a little bit more traditional with a true center, and we played through the post. Um, this particular cycle of guys that we're coaching last year and this year, as I mentioned, we're not. We'll play through the post, but it'll be with mostly our guards. You know, um, so. You know, we're, we're spreading the floor. Um, we've got guys that can stretch the defense on the arc. We've got good finishers. And I think the thing that helps us the most is when we get a rebound, Dave, we're not – we typically don't outlet the ball. So that person really starts our fast break. And, um, you know, guys trust one another. And we're, we're pretty good at, you know, kind of throwing the ball ahead and making – we get – we've been able to get a lot of open shots in, in the open floor. And I think that's helped us a lot. Um, and we're a pretty good offensive rebounding team, you know? So um, we certainly have some weaknesses, you know, um, and uh, some things that defensively we're obviously, we don't have a ton of rim protection. So, uh, but I think what helps us is we, we defend the arc really well. Um, I think going into last weekend, we were top five in the country. We didn't have a good weekend defensively last weekend, but um you know, it's hard to not be good on the arc and not have rim protection. So, you know, one's kind of helped us with the other. But, um, you know, I, mean, I like the guys we got. Um, we certainly have our weaknesses. We're going to have our hands full this weekend. Um, you mentioned, like, the lopsided victories. Like just some of those things that have happened where we've had some really good shooting nights at home. I don't think that's indicative of, you know, us being any more dominant than, you know, any other team. I think maybe we just, you know, teams have caught us on some good nights. You're allowing only 28% from beyond the arc. You're out-rebounding your opponents by 10 per contest. You're outscoring, as we said, by a significant number. But you're also defensively only allowing less than 63 points a game. When it comes to the NCAA tournament, we all know that's a serious part of the game. You've got to be able to slow down some offenses. And if you're holding your opponents to 63, that, that bodes well. Yeah, I think, you know, typically points per game is a little bit of a mis- misleading stat. You'd probably Fair. agree because if you play – well, if you play really slow, you're going to – you right. know, you're, there's less possessions. But I think it's a fairly meaningful stat for us because I think we, you know, we're, we're, we do play at a little bit higher tempo. So that's encouraging. You know, obviously you, you look more at field goal percentage defense and three-point percentage defense. Those are a little bit more telling. And those areas are, are pretty good, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we're, we're – a little bit more complimentary, as I mentioned, than we were last year. Last year, we were more opportunistic offensively. I think this year we're able to win games in a few more um, ways than what we could a year ago. 
Um, let's just talk about what the dynamic is at this point. You got to get through the Suniac tournament. Obviously, it's coming through Lakerland uh, on the lake. Maybe some snow if 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 you can really spin it up and make it a little bit more complicated for it only, everybody. It, it would only it would only be like you if you were rooting for it, Dave. I, I would be absolutely. I'd be rooting for snow. Do you feel comfortable at all that if you stumble here that you can still make the tournament, or or is the focus about it doesn't really matter? I, we want the conference title. Uh, doesn't really matter. I want to win the count. You know, like part of our level, you know, this, I think it's a very, um, you're on poor grounds. If you're hoping to back into anything, you know, it's just, it's, it is what it is. I mean, obviously it's goes without saying it's a little bit more challenging out of a league like ours to make the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, our, our league is in one region, you know, we played seven, all seven of our non-league games on the road this year purposely to try to as best we can give us the best chance to have that multiplier with SOS going our favor. We have 15 wins away from home this year and our SOS is still, I think in the five thirties. So it's just, it's a challenge. You can't, you can't go into things like that. Our total focus and besides the NCAAs, our goal every year is to try to win our conference, you know? So we've worked really hard to get to 17 and one and what's a really good league. You mentioned some really good teams in our league. We're hosting this thing. We've got to win, you know, two games at home, you know, against yeah. really good teams. So, and if that doesn't happen, then you're kind of at the mercy of all this stuff that people argue about every level. Part of the charm of the tournament is people get left out every year. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're just, it's, it's an imperfect thing and it always will be, you know? So there's things, opinions that I have, that I'm not going to talk about that. I, you know, think are don't make a lot of sense about the tournament, but you know, it, it is what it is. We got to win two games, and we we control that. I know that. Um, listen, you make the tournament. Maybe maybe go down to Cleveland if you can't be at home. You know, maybe maybe play <laughs> maybe play against a Spartan team. What what are your thoughts? Oh gosh, I know where you're going with this. Should I just bring in our mutual friend? Sure, why not? Hold on, <laughs> see if he jumps in here. We got to wait. Time. I haven't seen him since he's moved I out to Cleveland. I thought four. I told him to come. There, there he goes. Hold on. i got to make a quick change. It looks ugly on TV, folks, but just bear with me here as we uh, – He's got as, that royal blue – if he's got that royal blue jacket he used to wear at Hartwick on, I'm not – I'm getting <laughs> off here right now. Todd McGinnis joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, <laughs> former upstate New York head coach. By the way, just for record, I made sure to keep my jacket near me just in case either one of you showed up looking as dapper and as dandy as you normally do on the basketball court, just for the record. Appreciate that compliment. But I want to thank both of you. I want to thank both of you for not doing that. I don't wear a suit anymore. I'm never going back. Yeah, I, I knew you. I knew you wouldn't. You're the epitome of casual America. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I got a mailbag question from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin for uh, Mr. Leo. Oh boy! Uh, about uh, the waitresses that you deal with at times. Oh boy! <laughs> they say I'm a night. I'm a. I'm a service. I'm a service uh, profession nightmare because I. We have dinner. Our other buddy Nevada Smith is an assistant at Marquette. The three of us go out to dinner, and they think because I ask for, you know, extra mayonnaise or something that for some reason they think that's a problem. I'm a pain with waitresses and waiters. <laughs> I think it's kind of a normal – I think it's a somewhat normal question to ask when you go to a restaurant, but for some reason these guys find it funny that I would ask such a thing. 
I want to know what your wife thinks about it. She would, you know, my, I mean, I love my wife, but if I handed her a hundred dollar bill, she's the type of person that would complain that it's not crisp enough. <laughs> wow. Hey, seriously. Though, that lovingly. I, she's oh, watching, I'm sure, but I, I oh, love, I'm sure I, she is. She's not yeah. watching because of you. She's watching because of Todd. Because of you. She, no, she fine. Todd. Todd, Todd too. She, she, <laughs> her word to describe Todd is Todd is unique. <laughs> hey, you two know each other real well. How, how yeah. would, would you want to face off? I'll start with Todd on this one. Would you want to face off in the NCAA tournament against one another, even if it was on either one of your home floors? Hopefully the way that they bracket us, hopefully it would be uh, if we do face that off, it might be in Fort Wayne. That would be uh, where we'd like to see each other if possible. But I honestly, I, I haven't watched um, Jason's team's uh this year i haven't probably popped any on but you know knowing him and playing against him i would not want that matchup so i know i know his guy who his players are so i don't i wouldn't uh like that matchup at all put it that way i did notice you left i will say this i will say this about about todd is um one of the things i in all seriousness one of the things i've always envied about watching his team play is how and, and this is not to say he's you know not a good defensive coach, but the the freedom that his teams play with on offense, I think, is is pretty remarkable. And uh, you know, I'm not as good at that portion of the game, but his teams play with great freedom offensively, and the numbers back that up every year. It's true. Who, uh, the one thing is, uh, there's a question: Who won the last time we played golf? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know the question should be how many times did you kick the ball from under the thing when i wasn't looking oh, here we go. <laughs> i mean we we all know the answer to, we all know the answer to that we haven't played we todd's, todd's 15th club in his in his bag is his foot wedge oh here we go i thought it was i thought that was the club for all of us hey i don't no comment what what's your handicap jason I am a seven. My index is a seven point five right now. Wow, Todd. That's good. one of the great things about coaching in Division Three is the balance, the work life balance, right? That's that's true. I given I I don't play anymore. I, I used to play almost every day, and now I have um, moved to Cleveland. And there's Lake Erie, so I enjoy uh, being on my boat a little bit more than I do playing golf. Oh. Wow. That makes it. That's a, that's an answer that makes one jealous. That's for sure. Absolutely. I've never been invited on anybody's boat. Just saying. Just maybe I got to go to Cleveland. Who knows? Glenn if Robinson you're for, took you on his. If you're waiting you for say? me to invite you. I don't have a boat. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'll take no. that as a bad sign. Coach Robinson and F. Franklin Marshall never took you on. He has like six boats now, probably. No, Glenn has never invited me to anything. No, not at all. Not at all. Wow. That's a that's a deep dive right there. Hey, Todd, you're the one who gave up the chance to play him more often, just for the record. Never. Never going to forget that. Hey, uh... We'll talk to Todd in a moment, but Jason, before we, we got to let you go. We always give the guests though the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Dave. This is all, always awesome. Uh, obviously, if anybody that gets a chance to come on the show, it means they're having a halfway decent year. So um, to the people from Oswego State that are watching, hope you can come out and support us tomorrow night. we got a big weekend ahead of us. Got to play well and 
any support you can give us would be awesome. And uh, Todd, congratulations on your year. So that, that Case Western, <laughs> it's a hard job. I mean, what what he's done there is nothing short of miraculous. So and, and we bust a lot of chops, but I am happy for for Todd and all the people around that program. Thank you so much, Jason, and good luck tomorrow. I'm gonna pop it on tomorrow. Check out who are you playing? New Paltz. Oh, nice. They had a big win. I saw them on the honor. Yeah. It's gonna be a good It'll test. Be good. be good. So thanks, Jason. Appreciate it, sir. Right. I'm heading into practice. Thanks, guys. Have Take fun. Take care. Jason Leon joining us on the uh, Huddle Hoops of Hotline. We'll take a quick break, reset things, and then we'll talk to Todd McGinnis about his Case Western Reserve Spartans. You can listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. So much more after this. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Thursday evening. Scores, um, keep an eye on the AMCC. I'm sorry, the PAC is what I should have said, misspoke. PAC men, um, not the results I think many people would have expected. Right now, Allegheny up on Thiel, 53-33. And Chatham is all over WNJ, closing in at the end of the half, 42-20. to Granted, got to play the other 20 minutes, but digging themselves a hole to start things off. We'll keep an eye on other scores. Again, 
starting off tonight with Finlandia women defeating Salisbury to advance to take on Christopher Newport in the semifinals. All right, so we just got done talking to uh, Todd McGinnis and Jason Leon. Todd, uh, invading our Zoom call, but by design. I mean, I set it up that way because I know those two guys are good friends. And so joining us back on the Huddle Hoopsville hotline is the aforementioned Todd McGinnis. The first auto bid that went out this year in the NCAA tournament went to Case Western Reserve. And Todd, it's the first one your program has ever earned. That had, I saw the celebrations, granted, on the road. Um, I, I have a feeling those were tame in comparison to how the celebrations really were. Yeah, that, that, you saw pretty much what we were doing. They, um, you know, we, we just kept telling them, "Hey, we still have a long way to go here." And that's when it. That's when Saturday at Carnegie Mellon and went by ourselves. Like that's you know now that we already got the um, you know automatic bid. It's all right. Let's focus Saturday and win and win it by ourselves. So we don't want to share it. We don't want to say co-champions and. You know, so I, I think our guys will, um, you know, understand that a little bit that that's what the goal is. But it was fun. Yeah, it was, you know, it was I, I, I had people who were watching the game in the Chicago announcer, I guess, didn't understand why we were taking pictures at half court. I know. No, our they SID, didn't. Yeah, I know our SID had sent, um, sent us something and was like, uh, Josh Schwartz, who does a great job and said, hey, uh, make sure you get a pictures for us after so we can post them and, you know, and. The first time it ever happens, I feel like, you know, you got to make sure you take care of everything. And we were able to get the nets uh, before we left as well. So a few of our guys had them around their uh, necks in the airport when we were walking through. So that was, uh, that was pretty fun. That is pretty cool. Admittedly, uh, I would have loved to have bumped into a team like that, especially at O'Hare. Uh, we were flying out at different airports. My originally was supposed to go through O'Hare, but we were, still would have been on different days. Um Listen, last year you guys caught fire at the end. It was a team that I had been voting on early on. Everyone thought I was crazy. And, and listen, probably still was. Um, you caught fire. You made it to this to the second weekend. And honestly, you, you were on the doorstep. You know full well of probably getting to, to, this, to the final weekend of the season. You had a hell of a game with Mary Harden-Baylor that just fell short. I know you had that kind of in the back of your minds going into this season. But it's interesting because... As much things change, things stayed the same. Pendergrass came back, but you got a heck of a guard who I was a thorn in the side out here in the Landmark Conference for a number of years. Just tell me the evolution of how you were able to keep this program kind of at the forefront while dealing with a lot of changes on the roster. Yeah, you know, I think it started with, you know, Mitch deciding to come back and play when you can get an All-American to come back and play for another year. That helps. And then, um, then when you pick one up with Danny Fraunheim, who, you know, like I say, if there's a three best, better point guards in the country than him, I'd be shocked. And you add those two together. And then, you know, you also return a guy that really flies on their radar since he's been here is Cole Frilling. So those three, those are pretty, those are three good players. And, you know, then, you know, we, we return another guy, Luke Thorburn, who was a good player down the stretch for us. And then we, then the rest is new, you know, then the rest is guys that were sitting there that we thought were good players it just weren't proven because they didn't have a chance to prove themselves. And, you know, Mitch got hurt early in the year. And I really think it helped, helped our team a little bit that these, some of the guys that haven't played that much last year got the thrust in the new roles real quick. And, you know, all of a sudden we developed some depth that maybe we didn't develop. And, you know, then guys got uh, Ian Elam got a chance this year. He, you know, he, he didn't play much as um, last year. And then Hunter Drenth, who's one of our 
probably maybe our most skilled player on our whole team, tears his ACL in the preseason, and Ian gets thrown right into the fire and does a great job. And, you know, and so I, I just think it was, you know, the guys that we developed as a program, our assistant coaches, uh, you know, have gotten guys better. And it's just, okay, there's a belief now that this is what we're supposed to do. You know, I, I think that's yeah. more important at this level than at all levels is like, okay, we're, we're supposed to win these games. And, you know, maybe in the past it wasn't the case. And now our guys don't know any better. And, you know, it's, it's been that, – that helps a lot. I think that's the scary part. It's the they don't know better part that becomes such a factor there. But the UAA this season was bonkers. We're used to the UAA always being competitive. Last year, both men and women, it seemed like it did take a bit of a step back, but it was still a pretty good conference. I'm kind of curious your take, though, because this season felt like it was on a whole nother level. And on the, the whole phrase, on any given Sunday in the NFL, on any given UAA night, anybody was going to possibly win. What was that like from your perspective? Because I assume while you can't usually take any opponent for granted, you couldn't take any minute for granted in conference play. It makes you, uh, you know, I, I, I think back to my Hartwick days when we would go a two-hour bus ride to maybe uh, Elmira or, you know, no offense to some of these teams, and you're like, okay, we're going to win by 30 or, you know, like the yeah. some of the Ohio conferences, everyone preaches how good they are, but you're right. on a Tuesday night and you might go to a team that's 1-24, and like, or 1-23, and and well, we're going in, we just beat Wash U on Friday, which was a heck of a game, and then you go play Chicago, and Chicago has maybe – you know, just as much talent or, or more than everyone in our league. And you're like, there's no off nights. It's, you know, you look and there's every, every team has a guy. You're like, oh God, how are we going to guard this guy? Or, you know, what are we going to do this time? And, you know, it's just, it really prepares you. Like I, I say all the time, it was last year, it was easier to maybe win two games in the NCAA tournament at Oshkosh than it is to win on a Friday, Sunday in the UA. Like Jeez. that's, yeah, on the road with the travel, like it's, it's a bear, you know, it's a, you know, it's a bear. You could play Friday night in Rochester and have a 6 a.m. flight to Atlanta on Saturday and play Sunday at noon against two contrasting styles. It's, you know, it's it's a bear on the road. And, you know, every team, like, it, when you come to a UA game, there's always a play or two that happens every game where a guy dunks it or a guy makes an incredible play that you just don't see at Division Three all the time. And I think it's every game there's, you know, like a tip dunk. Like, we played at Wash U. Cole Freeling had a tip dunk late in the game on top of one of their guys. And, one of their guys got on to, got one of our guys back with the dunk, and it's like, what what just happened? And you know, one of my buddies he coaches at Duquesne at the game. It was at our game when they were in St. Louis, and he was like, what is this? He's like, there's some players out here. I said, yeah, it's pretty high level basketball going on right now. Yeah, uh, that that's it. Te- emotions are going to be running just a w- little bit in conference play, especially. But you've got so many good teams. You talked about it. But NYU showed flashes this season of maybe coming back into the conversation. Brandeis has certainly been very difficult since the coaching change there. Um, Carnegie Mellon has become a program that's a thorn in everyone's side. Chicago, despite Mike McGrath not being able to coach much of the season, and our thoughts are always with Mike as we hope to see him back on the sidelines next season. They've been difficult. You mentioned Wash U, Emory, Rochester. I don't think I've left anybody out. Everybody's tough. And as you said, it makes you better for the NCAA tournament. But I am curious, what what is it about? Is everyone playing the same style? Is everyone playing a similar look that when you get in the tournament, you do have to adjust? Or are we at a point with some of the coaching changes that the UAA's changed into a multifaceted conference? 
Yeah, every game's different. You know, every every team plays a different style. You know, Rochester's running two guard, you know, Princeton style stuff. You know, Emory's playing fast, playing a lot of zone. You know, so they're throwing a three-two, a one-three-one at you. So you got to be prepared. And then Brandeis plays a lot of Princeton, and then NYU's playing as fast as they can, and you know, spreading the floor with a lot of weak side flare movements. And so everyone does something different. You know, Chicago's blue blocker mover, and so you know we're different. You know, we screen the ball a ton, and you know, so everyone's a little different. And you know, you go into games and you're playing NYU, and you're like, they've spent some Friedman out there. Like that that guy might be the best player in Division Three. And you're looking at him and you're like, how are we going to guard this guy today? And, you know, the last couple of games, he's been incredible. And, you know, we got lucky to beat him twice. You know, luckily we were able to beat him twice. But, you know, they that team can go – if they end up winning tomorrow, making an say tournament, I wouldn't want to play them again. I, I You know, and that's a team that we've played twice already. And I, I they have enough talent to win a game or two or a few in the NCAA tournament. So I think it's very – and, you know, every coaching style is a little different, you know, what they're doing on ball screens – how they're playing defense. And, you know, the, the thing about our, co- our conference is if you look at the coaches, there's some incredible coaches in our league. I think every game you go into, you're facing someone that's really knows what they're doing, really has their team prepared. There's, you know, that's ready to go. That's been in the NCAA tournament that, you know, it's, it's a testament to, you know, how hard he's, how hard it is to win in this league. You know, it's, I tell our guys all the time, winning is not easy. We can't take this for granted that, you know, before last year, we've never been over 500 in your UAA. And now we've done it two years in a row, you know, with getting over seven wins. And so it's, you know, it just tells you like it's, there's a lot of great coaches. Every coach in our league is a great coach, you know, that has had runs in the NCAA tournament. And so it's, you know, it's a bear. Tell me a little bit about this team. We talked about Pendergrass. I know that was part of the key of getting him back for another season. You talked about some of the transfers, which has kind of woken up. Uh, this Spartans program, but I know you can't just live on them. And I know you've been kind of building some guys who are underclassmen as well. So, you know, we can look at the, the lineup certainly and, and look at who's leading the way and, and, and Pendergrass's numbers certainly jump out at you, but give us a little sense of who else is making this team click. Yeah. You know, I, I think it all starts with Danny uh, Fraunheim. He's uh, you know, if you look, I think he's sixth in the country and assisted 12 points, six point five assist. He has the ball in his hands, the entire game, you know, we, we give him the green light to make plays and he's, he's great at it. And, you know, and you see him play enough when it gets close or, you know, it's time to make a play, you know, who's going to make it. It seems like every game and, you know, or find the right guy that's open. And, you know, and then, and then we have guys like Umar Rashid who comes in the other day and, you know, D3 team of the week, D3 hoops team of the week and uh, comes in and scores 26 points off the bench and, you know, was starting until Mitch came back and now, he, you know, important first guy off the bench and you know he, he didn't play much as a freshman he had a couple games where he had good games but he was behind some guys and he really worked at it and got stronger and you know and you know he leaves the ua in blocks i think it, at home he had nine against wash U and and then there's guys like sam trunley that come in and really shoot it off the bench and you know if he's open he's probably going to go in and you know and he's He's a great asset and he's tough as heck and rebounds and, you know, Dan Floyd brings a lot of energy off the bench as well. So, you know, and then, like I was saying earlier, guys like Luke Thorburn and Ian Elam that fly under the radar radar a lot, but, you know, then have massive gains or get a rebound or go block a shot late. And we played NY, I think it was Rochester at home, maybe NYU, Ian goes up and blocks their attempt at the rim to win the game. And we, you know, get the rebound and make two foul shots and the game's over. And, you know, so people don't, realize that stuff that's going on 
But, you know, as a coaching staff, we, you know, we, we value those guys so much that fly under the radar a little bit that maybe don't have the point scoring that other guys have, but do a lot to help our team and help our program. How do you now prepare? You've got one game left. It's Carnegie Mellon. You've wrapped up the conference tournament. You're, though, in the mix possibly to be hosting and certainly have more at stake when it comes to the tournament in the NCAAs for March. But I'm assuming you also don't want to blow the team up. How do you balance this final game against Carnegie um, to both be prepared but also at the same time not let your guard down? Yeah, you know, it, it, it was interesting at the beginning of the week. I, I don't think I've ever been in this position as a head coach. I've been doing it for a while, and I've been in a few NCAA tournaments. And, I, you know, usually you're trying to win your conference tournament or, you know, you're on the bubble trying to move, look at your tweets or, you know, D3 bubble watch or whatever those are. You can't drive yourself loony looking at some of that stuff. And Fair. But, you know, it's just a matter of, like, I was like, what do we do? And so we just are going about business, you know what I mean? Normal business. Let's go win a game on Saturday and – you know, our guys are they're, they'll be ready to go and you know, there'll be a nice crowd there. And it seems like the more people in the stands, the better we play. And, um, you know, some of our guys take it a little bit to the next level when the fans are on them. It was like at Wash U on uh, Friday night during the national anthem, their student section started getting on Mitch Pendergrass a little bit. And I said, well, he's going to, he's probably gonna have about 29 to 30 points. And I think he finished at 29 <laughs> and made the shot to win the game. So, you know, I, I think our guys enjoy that. I, you know, I enjoyed it as a player. I enjoyed it as a coach when there's big crowds in there. And so, um, you know, it's just a matter of just keep getting working on things. You know, we've been working a lot of late game situations, you know, some define, you know, working on, you know, some defensive stuff. If, you know, we don't work on that much defensive stuff, but working on a, a little bit more maybe than we have and just trying to figure out late games, cleaning up our press break, you know, stuff like that, you know, like figuring out, okay, if we can get, you know, if we have three seconds on the shot clock and it's a side out of bounds, what are we going to do? Stuff like that, that, you know, matters late in the year, you know, it's, yeah. you know, you, you don't want to burn them out, but you also want to make sure we're ready to go um, for every game. What's this mean to the institution? What does this mean to um, the athletics department? You know, I, I consider a school like Chicago. We'll talk to their women's program coming up, but you know, the national title, their men's soccer team, seems to have rejuvenated or or, or put a a boost into their athletics department. What is what does a UAA title for the men's basketball team do for the Spartans? It tries to keep us up with our women's soccer team and our men's tennis team because they're pretty yeah, good. They're pretty them. good. They're pretty yeah, good. Men's, men's tennis team lost in the uh, national championship game two years in a row or uh, match. I think that's what they call it. And our women's soccer team, they lost in the national title game as well this year. So, you know, trying to, but, you know, it, it, we have great support. Our athletic director, TJ Sheldon, he, he's been here for about a year, a little over a year. He does, he's great support. He's with us on trips and our new president really is involved. And, you know, he's been here for about a year and he's at games. He actually broadcasts one of our games on the, on the uh, internet. Um, so, you know, it's, um, yeah, it was unique. I go and talk at halftime and it was our president, one of our uh, deans of our business school asking me questions at halftime. That was uh, a unique one there. So, but, uh, you know, their support's been great and it's just, you know, the, the, the vibe around the offices and I think, you know, everyone's excited and, you know, I think everyone's hoping we host again because the students were gone last year when we hosted in the sweet 16 and they're not gone this year when we're uh, hopefully the first round and, so I think that that would that would be fun, you know, get everyone that experience and 
you know, I, I've been on a, I think this is my fifth interview of the week and I was on the news last night. So it's, uh, I think the excitement around Cleveland too, you know, people are starting to understand it's just, you know, Case has a basketball team and Case has pretty impressive athletics and, you know, it's just about keeping uh, moving forward with everything. Glad we, uh, glad everybody else warmed uh, warmed you up for us. That, that's nice of them. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't come on a Monday. I had previous plans. Yeah, it's all right. We weren't going to hold it against you. That's all right. <laughs> we understand people have social lives. I'm the one who doesn't. I get it. Hey, uh, Todd, appreciate the time. Congratulations again. I know it's a big uh, accomplishment for the program. I know you've been aiming for it for a while and uh, look forward to knowing that you are in the NCAA tournament. You don't have to sweat that out on Monday. Uh, look forward to seeing where you might end up, though. But in the meantime, we always give the guests, as you know, the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. I got to get you a new jersey. Like I told you earlier, I got a couple throwback jerseys from uh, the past that I can get on that wall there, especially Absolutely. when I look. I guess I looked at two right behind you, Naz and Fisher. Those were thorns in my side for a long time. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Rob Corniker is probably watching, so I, Rob coached it. Fisher forever, and then you know his arch enemy was Denaz. That battle, so you know I need to send you something to get those out of the line of sight. There, I, I understand. And we should point out to anybody who's watching, they were going, "Where is the jersey?" To him, it's another camera shot. Oh, okay. Seen <laughs> the other night while we were talking to the top twenty-five guys, you saw that camera shot, and that's what's sitting behind me is Naz and Fisher. Um, by the way, that is um, Van. Um, Van Gundy's uniform at NAS. I don't think it's his actual uniform, but it's his number. So I don't think he's fitting into that now. No, and I certainly am not either. Yeah, you're welcome to send them, sir. Anybody is. We'd love to put them up and, and put them around the studio. We'll change them out as well. But thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Good luck uh, this weekend. Just closing things out and look forward to seeing how things develop in March, sir. All right. Thanks again. See you soon. Take care. Todd McGinnis. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student athletes, For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three, The system just doesn't want to work for us tonight. There we go. Got the microphone back up and running. Um, actually, I wonder, can I show? No, we'll do it later. Um, thanks to Todd coming on the show. Congratulations to his program, doing a really wonderful job. And uh, I know they're, they're thrilled for that win and uh, just shows how the UAA is going to be pretty tough. Um, not only to close out this season, but in seasons to come. Uh, which is always fun to see. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll pivot talk women's basketball with Messiah. Mike Miller will join us. Uh, still ahead, Maria Williamson from UChicago will join us. Dave Hickson will join us, a former head coach at Amherst. He's on the finalist list to make the Naismith Hall of Fame. And we'll talk to Coach Cat, Charles Katsiafikas, out there at Pomona Pitzer. You're listening to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC studios, thanks in part to our partners at Sport Tours International. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. 
I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us. To look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us. All of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue on this Thursday evening, we'll keep track of scores from around Division Three in men's and women's basketball. We mentioned that um, right off making Shenandoah score earlier on the women's side. Turns out Shenandoah came from behind to win that game, knocking off the two-seed um, Yellow Jackets. So already the ODAC showing that uh, chaos will win. <laughs> and on the men's side, listen, Hannah, Sydney, Guilford really have to be careful, especially Guilford. I think they have got to get to the championship game and likely have beaten Hamden Sydney if the Odak wants to see three teams in the tournament. So a lot you, you can't afford the, the, the upsets, to say the least. Uh, if you got questions for us, our information is scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Admittedly, I've not checked the email. We probably should, but I don't see any email. So there you go. That was nice and quick. Let's pivot talk women's basketball. Messiah Falcons are a team that we usually have on the program, uh, but we haven't in a while. And I don't, it could be a hundred reasons for that, but one of the reasons might be that they're flying a little bit under the radar despite being in the top 10, in the latest, I think top 10, in the latest top 25, um, at least for D3Hoops.com, actually number 11, just outside. But what's really surprising to me is as tough as the Mac Commonwealth is, usually year in and year out, they ended up finishing the regular season undefeated at 16-0 and in conference play, 24-2 and overall. I got to figure out some more about this. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline presented by Huddle, it is Mike Miller from the Falcons of Messiah, the longtime head coach. Coach? Thanks for taking the time. Congratulations. Um, what, what's the season been like from your perspective? Um, extremely rewarding. Um, you know, as you said, done this a long time. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting group of kids and that they are, they are amazing. They, um, we really did not add anybody off last year. We have one new incoming freshman. That's it. We graduated some great people. And um, they, what we're doing is coming from within last year's roster. Um, and everybody has grown either maturity, basketball skills, strength, fitness, like without exception, everybody's gotten better. 
uh, in many ways. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate to make a run like this for sure because we really haven't blown anybody out. You know, everything's been 10 or 12 points or less. <laughs> yeah, no, that's about the only that's about the one thing that stood out to me. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit here. But, you know, started the season against Johns Hopkins, who has, who's had a pretty good season this year, um, been through their ups and downs as well. But you got a one point win to get things rolling there. That game, interestingly enough, played up at Rochester. You two both could have shared a bus. They could have just picked you up on the way, maybe yeah. uh, on the way to Rochester. Then then you lost to Rochester by 13, came home, got wins over Lycoming and New Paltz. Uh, in non-conference play against Lycoming, we should point out, because there was right. a change. Um, and then uh, DeSales, a- end of November, um, thanked you very much for letting them uh, host you for a game, 61-35. Yeah, yeah they waxed us good. Yep, they, yeah, yeah. They beat us in every way. So yeah, much no, they waxed, waxed you good. That's a good term. I yeah. like that. <laughs> but since then, you haven't had a loss. Um, you got into conference play and waxed York by 30. But as you said, uh, you got a you got a win over Gettysburg, a team that was still finding themselves by ten at the start of of December. You got uh, wins over Immaculata and Westminster on the on the road, um, and then you got back in a conference play. And yes, there are some close results there, but there's also some some significant results in terms of you know twenty points against Stevenson, one point eight points the next time. But you went undefeated. I'm. You can correct me because I could be I could be totally wrong on this, but the last time you went undefeated in the MAC in a non-COVID year, I want to emphasize, was the eighteen nineteen season, and that's the last time since 07-08. It is rare to get through that conference undefeated. How, how did you pull it off this time? Yeah, I think um, honestly, uh, grit and resilience uh, from the group, finding ways to win. Um, we do a really good job of sharing the ball and figuring out on a given night who's who's available to you know as other teams. We have a really good balance between guards and forwards and where our points come from, and uh, we seem to do a really good job of at least by the time we hit the fourth quarter, making the right decisions and making the right plays uh, throughout that process. Because um, we've been really hit by injuries um, throughout the year, we've also started in senior point guard. Um, our fifth-year senior has been in and out all year. Um, so it's been really neat just to see, and everybody has injuries. I don't mean that as look at us. Uh, it's just everybody just keeps stepping up and just keeps the one-two when they walk in the gym uh, is amazing every day. Um, there's a trust between both the players and the coaches, and and we're we're enjoying the process and just truly doing. I never had a group of kids just look at one game at a time, um, and they've really done that. You know, the coaches do, but uh, kids tend not to. You talk about what's the difference because I, I compared to Gettysburg because I've seen them quite a bit, a, a team that were very used to being in the conversation for the last few years. They lost a ton of that talent that was around f- through COVID and stayed the extra year. You certainly had that talent too. I know there were a few players that people were thrilled were no longer wearing Falcon uniforms. Right. But you somehow have avoided what Gettysburg experienced, and that was – really trying to find yourselves. Yes, you had a couple of losses early in the season, but I don't think they found their footing until maybe in the last couple of weeks. You seem to find your footing faster. Is that the players just understanding their role? Is that the coaches figuring out how to make it click for you all? Is it a system thing that it, that's just Messiah basketball? What what What's the advantage there? Yeah, um, again, I don't know. I mean, 
Uh, Nate's a good friend of mine, so it's, I don't know anything about what's going on down in Gettysburg in that sense. Oh, not a bad <laughs> thing. It's just interesting. Yeah. Um, but for us, like we, you know, you know, with Springer graduating, uh, like we completely changed our offense. So even though that I like, completely 100% changed everything, um, and I think in some respects, even like Hopkins, I think we had an advantage the first quarter. Uh, we got we had a good first quarter offensively against their great defensive team, and they weren't ready for us to be different because you don't have any information. But we, you know, we changed everything to fit our. That's kind of what has been our mantra at, at Messiah. Is we, you know, we we don't have a system except you know defensively we do, but offensively trying to find the right situation for the players, and that means we change every year. We'll change every year, um, and in, in an early tough schedule, um, we we were able to get some of those wins early, and at the same time, uh, since we didn't, you know, have an easier schedule early, like we got to learn like the whole way through quickly. Um, so I think that's. Um, and the kids, the, even though we lost early, the kids, you know, stayed hopeful. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that was that's just been a great, great situation. By the way, I believe your offense, and I'm just tell me if I'm wrong. But I believe your offense with Springer was give her the ball, <laughs> let her be. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, last ten, yeah, last ten seconds for sure. Yeah, and and again, yeah, for but, but for, yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a genius. I'm just kind of smart at times. <laughs> no, I was going to say no. That's that's <laughs> the, some people are are don't don't realize they have to be that smart to just let yeah, someone have yeah. the ball. And Leah yeah, Springer yeah. is not hell of a player. I miss seeing yeah. her play, but she is right. not missed in this region at all or no, in your conference. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about the rest of this team. You're led by uh, Reese Harden at 13 points a game, 11 points from Megan Zimmerman, 11 points from Morgan Adams. Uh, eight and a half from Amber High. You actually feel like you have a shorter bench than I'm used to seeing. Uh, I'm used. To, I I don't know. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I feel like you usually have more options off the bench, especially. So give me a sense. What what is this team? What are, what are we? If we're watching yeah, the Falcons uh, game, sure, what yeah. are we keying on? Yeah, for sure. Like we start a year with eleven players, um, so that's not. And we're down to nine. That'll finish the year. So um, and even that, there's people in and out. Uh, I'll tell you what, it makes it makes subbing easier um, as you go through <laughs> as you go through things. You can't Fair. make as many mistakes, you know, with that. Fair. But what we what I'll say that. But what we're blessed with is we have we have our strongest contingent of forwards um, and then a really good balance of guards. So even though our bench is small, um, I mean, we have four forwards and five guards. So instead of like seven guards and two forwards and things like that. So so we're able to you know maintain what we want to do. Um, and like I said before, um, the people who have stepped up that were, you know, kind of more role last year, they, they had to find their way early and they've done that. And other people who didn't have got opportunities before have really grown into their, their roles, especially senior Amber high has just, you know, it's just really neat to see a senior end well when she wasn't getting on the court as a younger player, you know? So, yeah, no, great point. And yeah. by the way, you're, you're using what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine consistently. So you're saying coming, you know, ending up at yeah. nine. I know, I, I know, uh, Sutzman has been out, and and you've lost Bell uh, about halfway yeah. through the season. Yeah. So you're relying on a lot of experience. How, how what's this conference been like? It's besides ever changing because we talked about the light coming move there. You know, you play yeah. them in non-conference play. That right. will continue because they're leaving the MAC all together with Wilkes. Now yeah. Lev Val will switch over. It's a, it's a, it's insane. But what's it been yeah. like in the conference? Yeah, the, 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 I think the conference is changing. Like, there's there's a lot of teams. We lost people, but Widener lost eight seniors, and 
uh, Albright lost some people. So, um, so there's kind of been a shifting. Uh, I think a lot of teams weren't getting it done before Christmas. You know, if you look at the overall records uh, in, in our non-league situation, like all these teams, like Widener, Alvernia, Albright, uh, Albright plugged in three freshmen, and like they, you know, people got really good after Christmas because a lot of teams lost players. Um, and then teams like Hood and Stevenson really got hip injuries. Um, hate to say, you know. Um, yes, I mean, it's, it's been a really competitive conference. Uh, yes, we got through it, but, um, you know, that we had probably half the games where it's a one-possession game with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then, and that's what's really cool about this team is for, they, they find another gear just from an execution standpoint. Uh, they can't play any harder or one anymore. But, uh, but you have to execute in this league. A lot of good coaches uh, trying to take everything away. So I wish the, our kids would figure it out a little sooner <laughs> in each game. Uh, how important is it to win this conference and position yourself as best as possible, A, to stay ahead of Gettysburg, but B, to maybe get some home games if you can in the opening weekend? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, what you're, what you're saying is logical and obvious and, but I'll be honest with you, whatever, whatever we end up with, um, it's, it's, it's all good. Um, if, yeah, it's, it's that simple. Um, you know, what people don't realize I didn't, I forgot about last year that we went to 10 regions. So just because you're one and two, uh, yeah, <laughs> doesn't no. mean there's, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's just, it just doesn't, it really, um, it really doesn't matter. And, and you can't control what other teams are doing after you play and whether they're winning or losing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we aren't really looking. Our players want to win Saturday because, like, this is their team, their shot. Um, they really want to – but it's not about, like, beating Alvernia, getting an NCAA better seeding. Like, it's about winning the next game. And they had goals at the beginning of the year of, like, winning the championship. And and, and that's what it's all about Saturday. And um, we're let the chips fall wherever. Obviously, we're in a good situation to get in the, in the tournament. So, but you got – I mean – David, it's just sports, and uh, when kids yeah. give everything they have, um, whatever the results, it just doesn't matter. And there's a piece about that that we all have in the program. I know you say it's just sports, but I do I do have a question about the history at Messiah. You know, 35 national championships <laughs> in Division Three, 19 of them are team titles. Of course, 11 yeah. of those came from men's yeah. soccer alone, six of them from women. So yeah. we've already eliminated um, a vast majority <laughs> of those 19. Field hockey picked up a crown. Softball's picked up a yeah. crown. You've been synonymous with being a, a program that's always in in the national tournament and in that spotlight. Is there pressure to to do what those other programs have been been able to do, or is it just enjoyable to be at a department that gets to celebrate those things? Uh, one hundred percent. The second, you know, rising tides raises all boats. So uh, we are colleagues, and we root for each other, and uh, and and you know. We win a lot. So, I mean, our program wins basketball, wins a lot. And, yeah. you know, it's everybody, every sport's different. Every situation's different. And uh, it's, it's just a blessing to be around those coaches. Uh, Coach Fry and I talk a lot, <laughs> um, you know, through he helps me through my season. I help him through his a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, just uh, it's nice to have that ear. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool to be there because excellence. And I think what's important is, all the athletes on campus know what's possible. It's not a pressure to be like somebody else, yeah. but they, 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 they just know in the off season, like this is what team A does. This is what team B do, does. And if I don't really feel like doing it, then you probably aren't going to reach where you want to reach, you know? 
So it's it's more it's more the examples each team gives to each other, um, and it's it's just a, it's just a really great environment and just wonderful wonderful kids and families that we get to work with. No, I, I hear all of that. Um, and uh, congratulations on just being able to stay in the fray because yeah. I know that's not easy. And and to be honest, the dynamic of the religious um, institution that you are plays a factor there. And that can yeah. breed re, um, recruiting. That can also make recruiting a little bit of a hurdle. So to be that successful says a lot. Um, Mike, it's always great chatting with you. Sorry it took us this long in the season to get to you, but I appreciate <laughs> it's, you jumping It's all on. good. My pleasure. Um, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in? Oh, no, just everybody just keep supporting Division Three basketball. It's, it's just a great venue for everybody. And do everything you can to help Dave and D3 Hoops. Um, he's been with us a long, long time. And uh, just he's just a good guy and with a servant heart. So anything you can do to help, that would be great. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. Yeah, long time for sure. Uh, that's saying lightly. I was quickly rushing to double check how many years you had been around because I forgot. Uh, yeah, this is 37. Okay, so you've been around longer. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> hey, Mike, take care. Good luck uh, not only finishing off the conference tournament, but hopefully in March as well. Look forward to uh, talking about the Falcons with you in the future, and uh, take care. Thank you very much, Dave. Mike Miller joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Great to chat with him. Always fun. Uh, conversation to have. Of course, he's a Messiah grad, so he knows that place through and through and a uh, very successful program, to say the least. When we come back, we'll pivot. We'll talk to you, Chicago. Maria Williamson will talk about her program. We talked earlier today about the Maroons and the absolutely wild finish that it is going to be the UAA women's race. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team. Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being.
Welcome back to Hoopsville on this Thursday evening. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook and YouTube. We're live simulcasting the show, all that information at the bottom of your screen. You Chicago women's basketball having a tremendous season, but so is the rest of the UAA on the women's side. And it's all coming down at the end of the season. NYU's got a game lead on Wash U. Wash U's got a game lead on Chicago. While Chicago can't necessarily win the conference title with one game remaining, they can play a pivotal role in the conference title because a win over Wash U would essentially give NYU the title, but a loss to Wash U could make things interesting should NYU lose. And what's even crazier is it would essentially give Wash U the, the, the conference title due to tiebreakers. Um, as I understand, I'm double checking my head. Yes, that's how it would be. But Maria Williams Williamson has done a tremendous job at Chicago because this is a program she took over during the pandemic and has turned them into a pretty good unit on the south side of Chicago. We talked earlier today, and she joined me to, to discuss the Maroons. Now joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of U Chicago women's basketball, Maria Williamson. Coach? Thanks for finding the time to join us today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Really excited about it. Uh, speaking of excited, the UAA race is exciting. Uh, NYU certainly has a lot of attention at the beginning of the year. You, in part, helped kind of bring that a little bit back down to earth. And as a result, you find yourself in the mix here at the top of the conference with Wash U. Uh, how's, how's the season been from your perspective overall, though? Yeah, it's been great. You know, I think one of the biggest things we talked about as a, as a conference last year was, you know, how much we need to get better after only getting one bid in. And, you know, now we sit here with this really competitive race going into the weekend, you know, a chance for maybe four or five teams to get in. And so the conference has been great. It's been super tough. You know, we, our first half, we had five of seven on the road. Um, our home weekend was the one where we pulled off the big win against NYU, which was pretty awesome. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's just, it's been tough and really good. And I'm really proud of how our team's playing where we have a really balanced effort right now, which is really good. One 16 in the opening 17, the one loss being to rivals wash you around actually was the game before you ended up beating NYU the next weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously had to be thrilled with the way that got started. What was the secret? Cause to some degree, it felt like you might've been flying a little under the radar despite winning 16 of 17. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the biggest we talked about the two things that our team doing, was doing really well at that time and continues to do is just like have fun and be confident. And so going into NYU, even after, you know, after our wash loss, we just really didn't play well in that game. And so we, you know, dove deep on some stats, especially when it came to rebounding and really locked into NYU and said, this is the key to the game. You know, if we can stop their best players and rebound the ball really well, we'll, we'll have a chance. And we had 20 offensive rebounds. We held them to 57 points. Um, and it was just a real like team defend game plan. And we've used that game plan a lot since then because our team bought in so well to it. And then, you know, our communications department, we sold out Ratner, which was great. We gave out free pizza. They handed like 90 pizzas out to students at halftime. Like, you know, pizza is everything. That's what Absolutely. I said. Pizza this weekend. Um, so that was a big part of it too. It was, it was a pretty cool atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to get pizza no matter what. It's a matter yeah, of whether right. they're paying for that pizza or they can exactly. get it for free. I'm exactly. taking free every day of the week. And every twice day. And they, Absolutely. you know, and they had to get it at halftime. So they had to stay for at least the first half. Right. Right. So. And then at that point, there and was we no were point cruising. leaving. 
Yeah, exactly. exactly. Except it is an academic institution. So I can understand if maybe right. they did have other things to do. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, listen, I've been down to U Chicago. There's a great museum up in that area. That, that's worth going to do. But yeah, as a North Sider myself, there's nothing else to do. So stay <laughs> right, at exactly. just come to U Chicago. Yeah. There's some friends of mine right now who are literally throwing things at their computers. I know that. <laughs> it's great. just a subtle shot across the bow at, yeah. at, at the South Side. That's um, great. But, you know, what was interesting was you got that 16 out of 17, and then the conference literally came up and bit you. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it was right around the time of the turnaround, and so you're getting to see these teams a little too much all immediately. You mm-hmm. beat Emory, lost to Rochester, then lost to Emory, beat Rochester, and then NYU thanked you very much for handing them their loss, and they <laughs> most certainly showed you how to leave their facility in Absolutely. New York. That stretch, though, had to have been tough because not only are you seeing, obviously, Emory and Rochester in back-to-back weekends, but you you suffer three out of four uh, as losses there. That had to have been one of those licking wounds, having conversations, trying to get back to, to baseline to some degree. Yeah. And we, we just talked about, we were really open about how hard that schedule was, you know, especially in the Emory-Rochester pivot you know, we were at Emory Rochester, which is just such a hard trip. And then coming back home and, you know, Emory, we played pretty well for three quarters against Emory. And then they played really well in the fourth and we had a hard time stopping them. And then we were thrilled, to be honest, Dave, about our win against Rochester at home. You know, we felt like, you know, Rochester is a really tough team to beat. Obviously, Katie Titus is incredible. Um, and we were able to hold her. I thought the stat was the sheet afterwards was going to say five points. We held her 17, which felt like five points. <laughs> sure, um, sure. You know, and then and then, yeah. And then we got to NYU and they were angry. There's no doubt about that, you know. And so at the end of that, to be honest, we felt like we survived that streak, you know, and then being able to play Brandeis on Sunday was great. And then sweeping, we felt like we played our, you know, our best basketball we played in a while this past weekend at home against Carnegie and Case. And Carnegie gave us everything. There's no doubt about that. Um, but we were, we were happy to get both of those two, but yeah, we talked a lot about survival during that five game stretch. Titus had 11 from the field. I mean, that's, that's pretty (laughs) good. She did not shoot in double figures in terms of even shots taken. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, good job there, but you do recover. You, you get the win over Brandeis on the road. You then come home and the, and the home cooking is pretty good despite an overtime, uh, win against Carnegie Mellon. You get the win over case Western. So in some ways righted the ship. Yes, a couple games now out of first place. The AQ is probably out of play, but you ride the ship to stay in the NCA conversation. To and and to your point last year, one UAA team, which was significant last year, made the tournament. Now we're looking at multiple. That's for a conference and for your program to be in that conversation. That's got to be significant. Yeah, it's a huge deal. You know, it's a really, really big deal, especially when we the teams are just getting better, you know, and everyone's playing really well right now. I think we have, you know, six or seven people that will be considered for All-American in our conference, which is awesome. Um, But it's a huge stride for our program. And like I said, we talked a lot about confidence. You know, one of the things one of our goals coming into conference was, you know, try not to get swept. And we've talked about that a lot, too. And obviously, Saturday is a big one for that. But when you want to stay relevant in the NCAA conversation, especially in the UAA, like you can't afford that. Um, but that's what I mean. The number one thing we're excited about for Saturday is to be in this like great game against Wash that also has like potential hosting, you know, like, you know, um, scenarios in there, too. And so our team's pretty fired up for it. Yeah, there's a lot of scenarios there. I mean, Wash U yeah. also is in the run for the, the AQ potentially. 
Yeah. Uh, they beat you and NYU loses. We go into tiebreakers and it gets even more wonky. Uh, mm-hmm. To some degree, you end up handing, I probably end up ending, handing WashU the title because you went one and one against NYU and they would have, um, they would have swept, but flip that you beat them. You take them out of that conversation, but maybe right. take them out of a host. Maybe put yourself into a host. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts on one game. How do you make it simple for the team? I know it's go out there and win. I know it's go out there and win at Radnor. We understand the basics, but it's hard to ignore everything else that's being discussed and everything else that's going on. Your names popped up on the top 16. That conversation is there. How do you focus on what is the important pieces? And then how do you not ignore, but obviously put to the side the others? Yeah, no, that's a great question. We One of the things that we talked about is that we've done everything we can to get to this point, you know? So now we're in this, it's not necessarily a one game playoff, but it's just a one, you know, big game versus our biggest rival. And so it's like, you know, appreciate, we talk a lot about like appreciate and celebrate what we've done so far to get to this point, you know, and now we've put ourselves in this great position to, you know, potentially affect WashU's season, really enhance our season, do it at home for our seniors, which is cliche, but true. You know, it's, we'd much rather be playing this game at home than on the road. Certainly. Um, And then acknowledge, you know, we have this awesome senior class who's really, they're really team focused. They also really want to win, you know? And so they're having, they're leading the right conversations in our locker room right now about how important the game is too. Let's talk about the, your team and and we'll start with the seniors because Grace Hines is leading the team in scoring, pretty, doing pretty well on the rebounding side of things assists as well. She's got two a game and a steal per game, but 15 and a half points, six and a half boards shoots 44% from the floor, 35% from beyond the arc and don't follow her. She's going to probably hit from the free throw line at 83%. <laughs> it obviously starts with her, but she's one of three in double figures, really four almost, but tell me a little bit about Heinz. And then obviously others like Brodnick and that senior group that are trying to drive the ship because they've certainly been through a lot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. To say the least, you know, hi, Grace is, um, she, we, at the beginning of this year, we talked about how she was going to need to elevate her game so tremendously because she was going to get everybody else's best and we needed her to be her best. And she, you know, she's had multiple 30 point performances, multiple 25 point performances. You know, I was working out with her today and we were talking about how every team we've seen every single thing a team could throw at her. You know, and so we're prepared for whatever wash brings us on Saturday. Um, but she's just been really dynamic. She's an incredible leader. She's makes everybody laugh and she's so humble, which is really great. And so she's the leader of that senior class. But we have two. She's a three time captain, too. We have two other senior captains. And then we have um, in uh, Mallory Broadneck and Ashley Gow. And then uh, Peyton and Izzy are just a really important part of that class, too. And the five of them lead us like there's no doubt about it. You know, we always we talk a lot about and this is cliche, too, but, you know, the best programs are senior led. Sure. You know, right. Because they feel because you can do more with a senior led program. And that's really what this class is doing for us right now. Um, So it's pretty special to be able to celebrate them in the way we can this weekend. And you'll have a pretty good senior class next year, too. Sophia North, Marissa. uh, I'm going to forget Marissa's name. Oh, Oh, see, (laughs) I, I, I can't remember if I get it right. I overthink it. It's okay. Uh, Ellie Gross as well. They're the other three. That I was talking about double figures north at 12 and a half, uh, Poe at 10, gross 9.4, but certainly in that conversation in terms of double figures, they get their rebounds, they hand out their assists, they get their steals. Mm-hmm. That that junior group is almost that senior group, and it takes all of them to click. 
Absolutely. You know, and, and they're, especially Ellie, you know, they've all had their different moments throughout the year and Ellie is playing really, really well right now. You know, she broke her nose against case. Mm. And ever since then, all of her numbers have just grown dramatically. She's shooting the three really well right now. She's gotten a career high in like three of the last four games. And she just makes us go, you know, our number one adjustment we made this year was playing fast and Ellie really bought into that. And that's really helped us offensively and defensively. Um, and she's really the backbone of our defense in addition to Marissa. But the three of them are super confident. They worked really hard this summer. So I'm really excited. I'm really happy for them. We did a foreign tour this year. So there was like some extra work that went into it. Um, but they've been really, really good. And they're they're great competitors. I always say, like, I'd love to have their confidence. You know, like they're the, just those kind of players. You know, they step on the floor and they think they're pretty good. And that's important. Um, break a nose and come out swinging after oh, yeah. that. She's awesome. She's uh, the, I, she's man, awesome. I get it. Yeah, um, it's awesome. been a long time since I broke a nose, but I can understand the anger that that develops. <laughs> that is not a fun injury. Yeah. Uh, multiple reasons. It's not fun. Yeah. Starting with the pain. Yeah, um, exactly. Let's backtrack. We haven't had a chance to talk to you since you took over the Maroons, uh, and, 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 and took over this program that prior to you under Carissa, uh, had been really clicking along, but you take over with two down downfalls. First, the surprise departure of the previous coach. And second, oh, we might've been involved in a pandemic at the mm -hmm. time. You had, obviously we should point out, you have a background in division three in the sense that you played at Bowdoin under uh, Stephanie. Um, of course, blanking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do I forget Stephanie's name? I've only <laughs> been saying her name for eons um, and then played uh, under Adrian for, for a season. So you had a D3 background, but your coaching life has not been in division three. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious. It's the pandemic. It's a UAA program and you haven't been in division three in some years. What drove you to this one? Yeah, you know, the honestly, the the success of the program and the prestige of the university were the two biggest things. Um, I've always like I loved playing in the NESCAC. The UAA was obviously really good when I was in the NESCAC too, yeah. and have followed those two leagues forever. And so I've just really thought like my first head could coaching opportunity. If it could, if I would be lucky enough to be in either of those leagues, it'd be great. And then I was already in Chicago. And so then when this came open and was following Chris's, you know, the way how well she had done, and obviously Aaron before her. Um, for a long time. And so I was just really excited and it's just excited for the the heights it could get to. And then learning more about the athletic department and how incredibly successful this department is. You know, we have two national championships in the last year, never mind all the NCAA, NCAA tournaments and the expectations and all that. So it functions like a higher level place, which is pretty cool. Um, and they, it's just a really gr it's a great place to grow and develop. And we don't have to talk about Aaron or so. We, we we don't need to talk about him. He's having his fun at D1. We don't I need know, to bring up I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, U Chicago certainly evolved. And, and and by the way, you know, as I proudly have talked, you know, women's coach leading a men's program to that title, uh, which actually in that broadcast kind of surprised me that U Chicago hadn't had as many achievements for as much as it's in the conversation. You do take over, though, at a tough point. Not only are you probably barely able to get to – know the team due to the dynamics in play but you don't even get a season but in some ways was that beneficial you got a, a little bit of a slower role into building up towards that first season yeah you know i think there there were a lot of positives to it you know we were still able to practice for the most part um which was really nice 
And, you know, so for practicing every day for two hours was really the only time that our players could be outside of their dorm or apartment or anything. Yeah. Um, So in terms of from like a team camaraderie standpoint, that was really important. Um, And so I looked at it mostly about building relationships. You know, I joke, I walked like hundreds of miles around Hyde Park that year, just talking (laughs) to people and getting to know them outside in the 25 degree weather or whatever it was. Um, But obviously was really relieved to be able to play games again the following year. Um, and I, you know, we put together a pretty good season for what we, you know, coming back, we had, everybody was in new roles. Like a lot of teams were across the country. Um, and so it was like fun to get our feet wet again. And we had a really good senior class last year. And then it was neat, you know, after this, after last season, just the inspiration people had to be better, you know, cause after COVID, you know, it's not that you forget it, but you're just like, oh yeah, this is what playing a season feels like. Yeah. And that a hundred percent drove into the success we've had this year. And we talked about being at division one for so many years. You were, as you alluded to being in Chicago, you were at Loyola, Chicago, uh, as an assistant coach, you'd been at Navy, uh, you'd been at Dartmouth, et cetera. I'm curious, you talk about the institution and why you came to that or pick that one out, but what was the draw to come back to division three when your entire coaching life had been in division one? Yeah, you know, I the biggest draw was being at the highest level of Division three and the the amount of like success and the type of student athletes you can coach. I really enjoyed coaching, you know, the student athletes I did in Division one. Division three just has a different vibe to it, you know, whether it's the super high academic, super driven, um, you're dealing with a lot more success in a lot of different ways. Um, but just being around like really, really well-rounded student athletes, you know, are, especially at U Chicago is like to an extreme because of how <laughs> tough it is academically here. Yeah. But I always say our players are the busiest people and um, being able to be in that environment again and, you know, continue to learn from them was a huge draw to come back to division three. And I always say it's where my roots are, you know, it's, it's a place that I understand the most, especially from a playing perspective um, and all the success we had at Bowdoin being able to try to give that back to, you know, this generation is really important to me too. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, I appreciate all the time you gave us and gave us the insight, obviously a lot on the line coming up on Saturday. So I appreciate you kind of giving us a preview of all of that. Hopefully we'll be uh, enjoying saying your names come up on Monday and, yes. and see the Maroons back in the tourney yet again. Absolutely. So I Absolutely. wish you all the luck between now and then, but in the meantime, we always give the ghost, the ghost, the cat, the guest, the coach, something, a combination there. Uh, the final word, any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in? Yeah, no, I'm just really appreciative of this opportunity and the way you cover Division Three hoops. Um, we know when I played, it was just a website. Now it's a podcast and the way you cover our game is really important and our team follows it closely. So they're very grateful for the opportunity and and just all all the, you know, just what you provide us. So I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kindness one. And it's a, a much easier show when guests like yourself are willing to come on uh, <laughs> no matter what time during your schedule. But thank you again. Good thank luck. You. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right. Thank you. Maria Williams and joining us on the Huddle Hoopsle Hotline. Welcome back to Hoopsle uh, Live now. I want to thank Maria Williamson for joining us on the show on the Huddle Hoopsle Hotline. Great conversation with her about the Maroons of U Chicago. Great team. Can't win the UAA title. It's not mathematically possible, but certainly in the mix, in the mix to possibly host as we had them on the top 16 uh, a week ago. Granted, things change with the next regional rankings, but still in the conversation. And so really impressive to say the least. And uh, we'll see how it goes from here. Um, I was going to dip in, but can't. We're going to take a break and we'll check in then. Um, Marietta has stormed back 
on John Carroll and lead uh, the Blue Streak 74-72 with a minute seven left to go in that game. We'll check in with that in a minute, but we'll take a break in the meantime. You'll listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. When we come back, we hopefully will be talking to Dave Hickson, the now finalist for the Naismith Hall of Fame. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important. But as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. 
For the love of the game. But for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable. Cutting in as we get back into the show here on Thursday Live. I'm going to jump quickly, if we can, here to uh, John Carroll, where they've got a battle on their hands with Marietta. Marietta leads by two with nine seconds left. Just missed a jumper on the baseline. It is not Brendan Gulick calling the game. I miss him calling games. But there you can see the game ongoing. Missed a jumper. It's going to be a foul. We're going to stay with it just for a moment. 6.9 seconds left. This would be Marietta knocking off John Carroll. John Carroll's in the tournament. We know that for sure. But this would bust a bunch of bubbles around Division Three, to say the least. Um, more importantly, would position last year's Final Four contender, Marietta, to maybe get into the tournament when no one was expecting them to get there. So we're just going to stay with this for a moment. There's free throws on the way. 6.9 seconds left. One made. Obviously one more, and this is probably the it for John Carroll. A miss here. They've got a chance with 6.9 seconds left. Dave Hickson is on on hold. Oh, they're going to call timeout. Of course they are. Dave Hickson is on hold. Um, waste a little time and come back here because I'm not sure we want to listen to him the whole time. I listen to the game the whole time when we want to talk to Dave Hickson. Of course, uh, the reason we have Dave Hickson on the show tonight, um, we we were going to do a show. uh, uh, We worked a bit on it over the last few weeks, a few months, really. I've been thinking about this since November, about talking about the Hall of Fame, about how how, uh, Division III doesn't seem to get a lot of love by uh, anybody. uh, We've had some finalists, Steve Moore, uh, Dave Hickson, have not finalists, I should say, nominees, um, and... Can't seem to get any love beyond that. Greg Popovich, Bo Ryan, etc. While there are other coaches, argumentatively, who have gotten into the hall with subpar resumes. So my argument was, well, we should do a, a, a segment on this. We should talk about it. Interesting enough, a few weeks back when I started to put something together to put as a special hoop sill aside to everything we do, reached out to the hall. And at first they're like, yeah, we'd love to have beyond that. That's great. We could certainly do that. No problems. And then mysteriously, we got a, a note saying, oh, actually, not, not interested at all. I should have known then. Announced over the weekend, Dave Hickson is a finalist, one of 12 to be a finalist to the Hall. Uh, one last announcement will come at the D1 Final Four as to whether he's made it, but he did. And so uh, I'm just keeping on a quick eye to make sure, well, he's made both, so I'm not going to worry about it at this point. So joining us on the – oh, I got to make sure we uh, – yeah – Got to make sure we have our ducks in a row. Apologize, I didn't get them all, all done there because I got so excited with the basketball game, which is 
Uh, probably not something I should have done, but Marietta, by the way, knocks off John Carroll. So uh, all those bubbles you just heard popping is because of them. But joining us on the on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline is the aforementioned Dave Hickson in an exclusive interview. We finally pulled it off because I was late sending him all the information, but he's bore with me. I appreciate it, sir. Hello. Congratulations, sir. You, you are a finalist to a pretty prestigious honor. Um, whether you get in or not, I don't know, but this is a, a big step forward for anybody associated with Division Three. Yeah, big step. It's, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's hard to it's hard to even fathom it. It's uh, I look at the people that are involved, Popovich and 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 the players that are up, and it's 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 amazing. Yeah, no, amazing. It's, it's fun. I, I, yeah, it's I'm sure it's fun. I, listen, you and I have talked for years. We, we've known each other for years. It's it's been wonderful to to chat and and I know when you got nominated last year, you and Steve Moore were on the list. I think we had a conversation like, yeah, I think you're on the list for like three years as long as people keep voting for you. And so, yeah. Um, that's all well and good. That, that, that's nice, et cetera. Um, but Steve Moore slipped off of the nomination list this year, and I think we all kind of went, ah, here we go again. D3 is getting a pat on the back, but we're not getting anything serious. You know, Glenn Robinson's never been considered, and um, he, even Bo Ryan hasn't been considered, let alone Greg Popovich for other reasons. But what, what's it mean that your name pops up there with not only Greg Popovich, but some of the best basketball players that have ever played that, you're at least one of the last 12 they're considering for the hall this year. Yeah, it, it, it's a uh, rarefied air to say the least, but uh, you know, when Steve and I, and I guess you Bo and Bo is a sort of a, a hybrid and that he's had, you know, division three, very successful division three, but then division one, the right. three of us were involved. It, it, it's hard to call pop a division three coach, but we'll take some of that. We'll claim that piece that we absolutely. have. Absolutely. And uh, but you know the lifers, the Steve Moores, the Robinsons, the Hicksons, you know, so many of the D three guys end up being lifers. And uh, I think this year it was really interesting listening to the presentation. Uh, they called it the most diverse group that they've had, uh, and they weren't talking about diversity as far as race or gender or anything like that. When it was about uh, Division One NBA, junior college, and Division three. And that's cool. I mean, I I think they've made a statement that they want this to be recognized as the Basketball Hall of Fame and not the NBA Hall of Fame. And I think it's wonderful. I think it's uh, it so happens that I'm the guy that's that's up to bat, so to speak. But um, if it was somebody else, I'd be standing up and cheering them on so we can get a D3 guy in. Yeah, that's true. I'm curious. Um, I know you were watching because you, you kept me informed. I was traveling at the time. I wasn't able to keep up with it as much as I wanted to, but I'm curious how soon did your phone blow up and how quickly did you need to start charging it? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I don't, I don't think a lot of people tuned in at first to the announcement part. I don't think there were a lot of people tuned in. It was an unusual time. It was five 30 Eastern standard time. Yeah. Uh, but short, shortly after that evening, when it got, when it got put up on the scroll and it's funny because the questions that I got were, Hey, is this the same as last year? You know, is this, didn't you get nominated last year? And I, and I said, well, no, actually, this is the next step. And this is a big deal. And uh, I think they're both big deals. But uh, so, yeah, and we've had a lot of, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, a lot of well wishes uh, since then, naturally. When you 
listen, you know, 826 wins, obviously two Division Three national championships, uh, two-time coach of the year, depending on which uh, which system is is voting for you, whether it's <laughs> us or your or your coaching peers. Um, you've certainly accomplished a lot. There's others in Division Three, as, as you and I have discussed. You know, the Glenn Robinsons and and the and the um, um, Steve Moores. Um, and again, as we talk about the hybrid, in, in, that is Bo Ryan and his successful in Division Three. Do you do you feel uh, honored to some degree, or do you feel um, surprised, whatever it is, that you're the one who's maybe helping break through this this Hall of Fame brick wall that we've been facing? That you don't even get, you know, other than hey, we have a long list of a hundred people that have been nominated, but your your name is on there with everybody else that maybe we can break through and get a little bit more love for the division? Yeah, you know, and I can't speak for nominators and the committees and, you know, what criteria they exactly use. In other words, I think if you take people's uh, resumes and break them down, you know, you have wins, you have winning percentage, you have national championships, you have trips to the Final Four. There's a lot of factors, I think, that go into that. And I don't know what the nominators, you know, look at when, when you separate people out. I mean, you know, Glenn is almost by far, I would say that the, the person who's won the most wins in division three. I don't know. So I think the nominators look at certain criteria and it may be the two national championships that separate that out. I don't know what it is. Um, but, you know, I'm certainly honored. I'm certainly proud to, to be the guy. And I, and I hope we can break through. And I, I think once a person, once it happens, and I think even to get to this level, once this happens, I think that uh, it'll help all of us. By the way, you 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 timed your retirement rather perfectly um, <laughs> to make sure it was during the pandemic. Um, but it ended a 42-year career. Like, like Glenn Robinson, you two were both hired shortly after coming out of college. Uh, and, and you stuck it out at, at Amherst and you had a ton of success uh, at the times when you weren't allowed to be in the postseason and then showed why you should be in the postseason. Uh, 20 NCAA tournament uh, appearances, seven championship weekends. <clears throat> I know you'd love to get some of those back like 2016 uh, when Williams said thank you so much for coming. Um, what, what do you remember most about about your coaching career, especially now that you're, you could be on the precipice of, of being inducted in the Hall of Fame. What, what, what do you look back on and, and think about in terms of your career? Uh, you know, for me, it became really apparent uh, when they did the court dedication. It, it's, it's about, I mean, I think we created something really special. I think the guys that stay at a place for a long time, whether it's Mike Krzyzewski in Division One, uh, I'm sure Glenn would speak to the same thing. I'm sure Steve would speak to the same thing. Guys that are lifers at they're at one institution for the long haul, create a really special thing, a family that is uh, that's truly amazing. And and no matter what's going on in my life or somebody else's life in the program, uh, there's a connection going on. Somebody somebody texted me the other day and said that they had been detected with a certain type of cancer. And, you know, so I had gone through that my last my second last year. And, and so I. I uh, called him right away, put my, you know, everything down and called him and told him about being positive and this and this and this. And uh, 
and then I go for a walk on the beach with my wife. We're down in Florida, you know, and so we go for a walk on the beach and my phone just goes crazy in my back pocket. It's just, it's just, it's almost burning my backside. And it was all other players writing him notes of encouragement that that's what it's about. It's about really, it really is. I mean, I can, I could talk all night about wins and losses. Uh, I could talk about national championships. I could talk about playing in a national championship game in a division one situation when they brought us to Atlanta. Although I love Salem, Um, but it really is about relationships. I mean, the relationships that I have built and the relationships that my kids have with each other is uh, priceless. Um, yeah, we won't talk about your enjoyment of Florida too much. You, you've called me a little too many times <laughs> well, that, down there. You see that? You uh, see that fish? You see that fish above my head? Oh, I see it, sir. Well aware. <laughs> uh, notice you have a very nice tan going on as well. You look great. Um, <laughs> by the way, one of the things that jumped out at me he said eleven first-time nominees make the finalist group. If I read between the lines, if I understand this right, and I haven't been checking this all out, are you the only non-first-time nominee in the finalist group? Well, so. I think are they talking the, finalists? Yeah, so I, yeah, so I, I think they they break it down different ways. So okay. I, you know, I think when you're first eligible, like I was so proud of the right. fact that I was in the same poster as Mano Ginobili when I was <laughs> eligible to be nominated. Then you get nominated. Right. Then you go before a committee, and the North American Committee for the Men and 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 the the women have the Women's Committee, and they push forward eight for the men this year or the North American committee and four and the women's committee, right. those become finalists. And these, are, I think first time finalists, no, I some of these guys, right. yep. first time they've been eligible. I was eligible last year, but didn't make it to finalists. Yeah. No, Steve I knew it, it's a quirky process to say the least. But I'm just going <laughs> to name off for those who don't know the 12. Um, this is a, a the list uh, in alphabetical order, men and then women. We'll start with the women actually out of respect. Jennifer Ozzie, the um, 1990 Naismith Player of the Year and National Champion. Bear, uh, Gary Blair, um, the 500 or 852 wins, 2011 National Champion. Becky Hammond, six-time WNBA All-Star. I think everybody knows Becky pretty well. Marion Washington, 560 wins and 11 appearances in the NCAA tournament. On the men's side, Gene Best, the, the all-time winningest college coach, 1,300 victories. Pau Gasol, I think we've heard of him, six-time all-star, uh, two-time NBA champion, 2002 Rookie of the Year. Gene Keedy, the seven-time Big Ten Coach of the Year. Dick, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, 14-time All-Star, uh, MVP for the 06-07 season and 2011 NBA champion. Tony Parker, a six-time All-Star, four-time NBA champion, 2007 M- uh, MVP of the Finals. Greg Popovich, his coach, winning his coach in NBA history, five-time NBA champion. They've left this out. We should point out, got his start in Division Three. Really, that that's really what broke <laughs> broke him into the business. Uh, he wouldn't be the coach he was if he wasn't in Division Three. Uh, and then Dwayne Wade, thirteen-time All-Star, three-time NBA champion, 06 Finals MVP. I mean, that's a heck of a list, uh, Dave. That's a heck of a list. Yeah, it really is. And, and oh, by the way, Dave Hickson. And, and listen, I'm I, I'm biased. I, I think you should be one of the final the, the inductees. Do we know how many will get in of those twelve? So, again, and you can go to the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame does a great job. And you can go to the Hall of Fame page and read the process. And the process is, I guess, what what remains is there are on each side, the women's group and the men's group, uh, or it's called the North American group, there are 24 voters, and they each have a ballot. And the ballot is a yay-nay or a yes-no ballot. In other words, you get a check mark or you don't. 
And so it's not like I'm going to knock out so-and-so uh, or so-and-so is going to knock me out. They just go down the ballot. If they think you're worthy, they check off yes and Got it. you're worthy. And uh, So we could I think, have 12, we could have one. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that, uh, you know, there's a foregone conclusion on a certain amount of people already. Uh, and I understand that. Uh, but the Hall of Fame does a great job. I mean, they really, they're very secretive. You won't know who the 24 people are ever, probably, and we don't need to. And, and they do a great job uh, doing their job. And uh, so I'm proud to be involved in the process. I should probably tell everybody now I am one of those voters. <laughs> nope, nope, no, nope, nope. Sorry, it was dreaming again. Just woke up. Um, <laughs> again, I think I got my hint and I didn't read between the lines. I took it as more of a, an odd um, denial because I got an email back from the hall and I won't name names. It's not necessary. And they said, listen, the individual you're asking for would be happy to come on the show. Can't do it right now, but how about early next week? I said, no, that's fine. I can craft it. You know, I was putting my schedule together, figured out. Yep. No problem. Uh, that'll work. And then I got an, it was an email either later that day or it, it might've been the next day. And said, oh, I'm so sorry. This isn't going to work out. So-and-so has, has declined the invitation. And I remember thinking to myself, well, it's odd that you said yes the first time. And let's start setting this up. And then came back and said no. But at the time, I just thought, well, maybe probably read what I really wanted to talk about. was like, nah, not going to wait in on his show about that. In hindsight, I, they probably knew you were getting in and didn't want to send me down there or be a part of a show that was why isn't the hall giving us love when your name was going to get announced soon? So that that's my little side story to it. Um, have you talked to Steve Moore? Do you talk to these guys who are also on the list about, um, you know, what, what this means uh, for them too, if they ever get this opportunity like yourself? Well, I haven't yet. Uh, I'm sort of letting the process run through first. And, uh, you know, uh, naturally uh, I, I was going to call Steve and say, Hey, what, what do you think we should do? Da, 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 that sort of stuff. And I thought, no, just let the process go. And again, I think the whole, they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for a long time. And uh, so we'll just let it run its course. And naturally I'll talk to Steve and Glenn and, and folks after, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, By this way, might be it. Were you given the hint? Were you told that you'd be, be announced yeah. or did you find out like the rest of the world watching the video? No, I didn't find out. As a matter of fact, just a friend of mine, who works at ESPN uh, sort of said to me, Hey, you watching the all-star game today? And I said, uh, uh, what do you mean the all-star game today? It's not till the weekend. He said, yeah, but they're announcing the hall of fame candidates. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, aren't you one of them? And I said, um, I am. He said, well, aren't you going to watch it? And I said, all right, I'll watch it. Hmm. But he didn't tell me, like, you didn't tell me you must watch it. You should watch it. He just said, hmm. Hey, you're watching the show today. Hmm. Yeah. And someone was carefully making sure someone was tuned in. I, I, I try to avoid um, getting too high and getting too low. No, you know, I that's, get that. That's the way it goes. So I didn't get overly excited and just uh, looked on the show and bang, there it happened. So I sort of found out when everybody, I found out when everybody else found out. Um, quick about your legacy. Uh, I get to see Kevin Hopkins a few times a year, thanks to him being down in the Centennial Conference. Nothing against Josh Leffler. Kevin's at the wrong school. He really should be the head coach of the Blue Jays, right? I mean, don't you want to have a Kevin Hopkins, a head coach of Johns Hopkins? But I digress. Um, there's a lot of coaches in Division Three that have ties to you, whether they played under you and coached under you or just coached, 
Luke Flacurtzi is another that, that comes to mind. I mean, we can, we can go through this list, um, and it's extensive, and they're all successful. Um, what's it mean to you to see that kind of success, not only from the teams that you put on the floor and the championships that you won, but the success that those young men that you had who have become their own coaches are having themselves? Yeah, it's exciting. And and look, I'll make another great point about Division Three. I think there's some guys there, and they've had a, an offer to be an assistant coach at Division One. Toomey's up with uh, uh, Luke, and, uh, you know, they all turned and said to me, no, coach, we want to be in Division Three. We love what Division Three stands for. We love the way it's done. And so just another, uh, you know, feather in our cap about how we do things in Division Three. But they're, they're true blue through and through division three guys they want to stay in it they want to coach uh they drive me crazy i you know i I have like three or four devices going sometimes at night my wife actually says that i watch more games now than i used to but as a coach but i i believe watch and you know kevin you know kevin i love kevin's uh he's having a great year but you know they'll get up like 12 and i'm thinking like okay i can just about shut this off and then it goes to five He's killing me. I I always text him the next day and I say, Kev, I'm 70 years old. I'm retired. You got to give me a break. Finish the game. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and Matt Goldsmith did a great job. They had a tough start down at TCNJ and and they turned him around and uh, they come back to beat a cane school who had beaten him quite soundly twice, but each time it got better. And uh, that's coaching. And I told him that when it was over, you know, I, I saw coaching going on there and it was a wonderful thing. And, you know, Rochester, you know, I think if they get in, and I think they will, but if they get in, uh, they could beat anybody. You know, oh, they, no, they're they are, they are they, definitely. They're yep, they're talented. Yeah. And when they shoot the ball well, you know, they're as good as anybody. And so I'm really excited for all those guys. It, uh, it's hard to watch them all at once. Uh, and I'm trying to watch my women's coach, too, G.P. Gramacki. Yeah, G.P. Who, for the first time, G.P. was on the road in the Nescax. Uh, in the first round and lost and right. but he'll he'll get in too but uh, i've been trying to watch his stuff too and so you know i've been and i was just watching stevie brennan who's a good friend of mine uh and he just beat uh, emerson and yeah. that was close game at emerson uh and uh, bill curley's a good friend and so there's a lot of guys i mean i've fallen so many games it's uh it's wonderful though and that's d3 i love d3 it's it's no, it's a great thing. i agree with you no, it's fun to, to, to even hear that you're enjoying that. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I'm eager to see what happens at the Final Four. We'll get on and have another conversation about this, I think. But um, I appreciate you jumping on with us today and, and to talk about the fact you're a finalist. I mean, that's a big deal for especially us Division Three uh, peeps who love it so much. And um, I'm kind of glad there was a Hall of Fame person who decided to put the kibosh on my plans inadvertently um but i congratulations to you sir and we'll talk more about it down the road and in the meantime i'll let you get back to whatever games you got to watch or and i am going to call it out playing golf with charlie brock i feel horrible for you too uh it's just horrible you're enjoying your lives a little too much for us but in the meantime you know that uh we always give the guests the final word sir any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in uh no i just i thank you again i think this uh I am honored but proud to to be the person who's carrying the mantle to see if we can get somebody in the Hall of Fame. And uh, I hope we do. I think it opens the door. And I think that uh, uh, 
I think it's terrific for Division Three. I mean, we are we are college basketball, and and uh, that's what the Hall is saying right now is that they uh, they want this to be the Basketball Hall of Fame, not just the NBA Hall of Fame. And so I'm I'm encouraged. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, proud to be here. And and as always, Dave, you know, you guys do a great job, and uh, you'll be the first guy I speak to when when it gets done. You're the guy always. You're the first call. Well, that'll be cool. Well, I appreciate that to say the least. And uh, hopefully it's this year. If not, uh, we'll be banging on the door to make sure it happens in the future. <laughs> I don't know if I could survive that three or four yeah. years. You know, I, I don't know if I can survive that. I, don't I know can't if my blame wife you. Can yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. No, I get it. And I'm only on the peripheral. Hey, take care. Yeah. Enjoy the sun. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you, sir. Dave Hickson joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate that. Uh, very much his time to join us on the air, especially considering I forgot to send him the Zoom information. We'll take a break. When we come back, we jump out to the West Coast. Charles Katsiafikis will join us to join talk about his uh, Sage Hens, the Pomona Pitzer. They are playing some awesome basketball. Certainly worth a chat with him about his uh, their chances of the Skyac, maybe even uh, more than that. You're listening to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. For the love of the game. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us. All of us. To to stop stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org.
Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. On this Thursday, we pivot and talk men's basketball again, and then we head out west to the Skyac, Pomona Pitzer. I'll admit, you know what? Maybe not 100% on my radar as they should have. I mean, they've been on my radar. I mean, they've voted for them in the preseason top 25. But there's some schools, and I think Pitzer is up there with them, who are there, but I don't fully appreciate what's really going on there. And I took a deep dive in them in the last week or two to get a better understanding. Watched uh, an extra game or two. Certainly the games they've had against Claremont Mud Scripps, of course, their, their, their rivals from across the street took notice. This is a conference that easily could have a couple of teams in the NCAA tournament when all things are said and done in a few days' time. So we figured we shouldn't waste any time. We should probably have a conversation about it all and discuss just the dynamics, to say the least, of what's going on uh, out in on the West Coast. And so to do so, we asked Charles Katsiafikas to join us on the Hoopsville Hotline. We talked to him earlier today. Now joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it's the aforementioned head coach of Pomona Pitzer. It's Charles Katsiafikas. And coach, first and foremost, thanks for taking the time to join us. I certainly appreciate your time out there on the West Coast. Hope all is well. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Great to be with you. Absolutely. Uh, this time of year, it's good to be chatting with me, I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, you know, it's a busy time of year. Everybody's running around, but when things are going well, it motivates you a lot more to, to get the things done. I was going to say, it's not an ego thing. It's more about the fact that uh, it means that you're still in the conversation. That's uh, correct. It's good to be playing. You guys have been on an absolute tear. Started this season, unfortunately, two and four with losses to Vanguard, Mary Harden, Baylor, Bethesda. I'm sorry, beat Bethesda, lost to Masters and Puget Sound. Uh, basically, I'm assuming we'll get to the rest of it, but I'm assuming you just wanted the month of November to end. <laughs> well, uh, it, it was a rough start. Uh, and we did have high expectations going into the season, which which feeds into that as well. Uh, but in the same vein, <clears throat> I think of our first four games, two of them were against very competitive Division II teams out this way. One of them was against a top 10 ranked Division III team. Uh, so on the one hand, it was a rough start. On the other hand, we knew we were playing three of those teams were very formidable. And at the extent of sounding like I'm making excuses, uh, one of our starters uh, missed the first month of practice and the day he was cleared to go was for our first game. So he was about three weeks behind. Uh, so, you know, all in all, it was, you know, we got through it. We probably learned a bunch. Some people got some opportunities that may, they may not otherwise have gotten. And, you know, you move on. Sure. Uh, we should point out because of those division twos, while we mentioned you're 20 and five overall, you're technically 19 and three, uh, in the grand scheme of things. So that always looks a little bit better. Um, but again, coming out of that month, you finished it with a win against Occidental, so technically going three and four in the month. You went on a roll after that. You got a win over Wash U in overtime at their place, we should point out. Your only other loss was the beginning of January against Redlands. That's it. So if you look at 20 and five and, and we take out the, the beginning of two and four, you're 18 and one since then. You guys definitely figured things out and figured them th them out the right time. Well, 
you know, you, you, you hope that your team continues to move in the right direction as the season goes on. There's certainly no guarantees what's going to happen. But again, we had another starter who missed two or three weeks after we got our other starter back. So I think as the season went on, one, uh, we became more healthy. And two, I think we have continued to improve throughout the course of the season. So, you know, we, we know we've got some, some hard games coming up, uh, but we feel like we're, we're in a good place and moving in a good direction. Uh, it, it has resulted in a fourth straight regular season conference title, thanks to two wins, including the last one against Claremont Mud Scripps. Your 40th 20, uh, straight 20-win season, um, only five in program history. So that that's somewhat significant. This has obviously been a terrific improvement and step in the right direction. I'm curious, you, you talk about injuries, you talk about other dynamics. What's been the glue that's kept everything kind of not only together, but made you stronger to get better? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I wish I knew exactly what the answer was <laughs> so I could continue to feed that uh, because, <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I think starting three or four years ago, uh, you know, we had a, a couple really special players, which always helps you be better. Yeah. Uh, and I think there was a real sort of culture shift in the program. And I think our guys have continued to feed off that, believe in it. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, we've continued to find a lot of quality guys. But I think I think as much as anything, uh, Mika Alon, who graduated a few years back, who graduated as our all-time leading scorer and all-time leading assist man career, uh, and Daniel Rosenbaum, those guys really kind of set a culture shift in our program that I think has has continued to to grow and and become more uh, strong through the years, and I, I think that's kind of where we are now. You talk about the team. Let's talk about the individuals a little bit. You talked about some of those. Brendan Mora leading the squad, the senior, 16.2 points a game, nearly nine rebounds a game on top of that, three-and-a-half-plus assists per game, a steal-and-a-half as well. Uh, Joe Cookson. A sophomore, 15-plus points a game. Another one, another sophomore in Ty Bergman, 12 points a game. And another sophomore in Pete Boyle at 11 points a game. And by the way, they also contribute in all ever conversations. Cookson's got four and a half rebounds. He's got three and a half assists. He's got more than, um, he's got about a steal per game, almost a block per game. Bergman, 6.6 rebounds a game, a block per contest. You've got that senior in more. And we should also point out John King, who, who we'll talk about in just a moment. But you got a good young sophomore class who's clearly gotten very comfortable and contributing to the program. Yeah, uh, like you say, more the senior, kind of the leader of the group. But I think the beauty of it is he's got plenty of support. Uh, it would be a mistake for anybody to think, you know, we're a one-headed monster, and if they stop more, uh, they're gonna they're gonna get the job done. We've really got tremendous balance with four starters and double figures. Now Boyle and Bergman were the two that the first six weeks of the season traded injuries and we didn't have them both. Uh, so uh, again, I think offensively and their shooting percentages are, are pretty strong too across the board. So we're, we're pretty versatile offensively. And I think the key, as you were saying about the course of the season is our defense has continued to get better. So we've been pretty consistent offensively, but I think in the last six, seven weeks, We've really started to pride ourselves more at the defensive end. And as that has improved, 
uh, we continue to, to play better and better basketball. Right now, allowing 41% from the floor, 36% from beyond the arc, and seven, uh, 69 points per contest. But if that's improving, that's a scary consideration. Uh, and if we look at the schedule, we certainly see that. You held Claremont Mud Scripps to 68, Cal Lou to 67, Caltech to 57. There aren't a ton of high-scoring games for your opponents of in the last few weeks. The conference has been a grind. We know that the conference is much improved over the last few years. How in the world, and I mean this genuinely, did you only come out with one loss? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, to be honest with you, I think it su has surprised me a little bit. Uh, and as I said before, I wish I had an answer that really made sense because then I would I would know more about this game than I actually do. Uh, <laughs> conference is a grind. I think you look all over the country, and, you know, the deeper it gets into the season – People know each other better. They have you scouted better. They know the personnel better. You're playing each other for repetitive times, and it just gets tougher. Baskets come hard. Uh, people know each other. Uh, things do start to become a bit of a grind. Uh, but you know, I think we've we've you know, in answer to your question, uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure how what the secret is to or what the answer is to why we've really become more and more consistent as the season's gone on, but hopefully I can stay out of the way and let them continue to do it. Should you guys punch your ticket, whether it's the automatic bid in the conference tournament or it's an at-large bid into the NCAA tournament, I feel like there's still some unfinished business with you guys. Moore and King, who we mentioned earlier, were on that team that made that tremendous run. By the way, the door just randomly opened because the puppy found me. Uh, I don't want people to think we've got a ghost in the studio. <laughs> um, we... They had that magical run in 2020 with the upset of Emory at the buzzer and getting ready to take on Elmer's, which I think at that point everyone thought, well, heck, anything's possible here in a single one-off game when it all came crashing to a halt. And I think the expectations have been, well, we're waiting for Pitzer to make another magical run. And, and certainly you have made some magic since then, but how important with Moran King being seniors – would an NCAA tournament berth an opportunity be this time around? Yeah. Well, you know, you refer back to that season when COVID hit and everything was canceled. And then the following year, uh, we had no season. Yeah. We were one of the many schools who didn't bring students back to campus. We had no practices, no games. So I think one of the biggest uh, challenges and, and sources of anxiety I had is – Guys not coming back that year. When we returned the following year, Mora and those guys were juniors. They were freshmen when they left. True. Uh, you know, you had two new recruiting classes in. Uh, your seniors were only sophomores when they left past. And I was very worried about where the leadership, where the culture was going to come with that lack of continuity. Uh, but I was, I was really pleased. Our guys were able to pick up where they left off and, continue to move along but i think you're right i think that group uh, is still very excited about the opportunities they have and the chances ahead of them you guys know each other well in the conference you got to get through the conference tournament obviously you'd love to get the aq so we don't have to be talking about pool c opportunities or or lack thereof or whatever the right. case may be calu is your first game obviously on the other side still lurks claremont mud scripts who you got twice this season in some by the way tremendous basketball games What's the message to the team as you go into this, get ready for the conference tournament to get rolling on Friday and try and, and get th 
through two games to guarantee more games. Yeah. And, you know, I think all four teams are high-quality teams. I mean, we've beaten Calu twice, but both of them have been, you know, very close, tight games. Uh, Calu, Claremont have had very close games. We've split with Redlands. Uh, Redlands and Calu have split. I think all four teams really feel like they've got a chance to come out of this weekend on the top. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because they – become very big games and you, you certainly want your guys to embrace that and step up to the challenge but it's also important that they don't feel like they need to approach these games any differently than they've approached the last 5 10 15 it's another game which they need to be very prepared for and very ready for but it's not any different than any other game uh so it's it's that fine line between knowing it's it, 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 it's it's a big game, but just going at it with the same focus and energy that you bring every night. Quickly talk about all the new facilities in the Skyac. Uh, you guys, your partners across the street, CMS. Uh, there have been others. There's best. I don't want to call it an arms race necessarily, <laughs> but it, uh, it feels a little bit like one out there. Everyone's like, "Oh, you built that? Hold on a minute. Yeah. Let me let me go build yeah. this." What what that what that has that been like in the experience? Because you know, Skyac hasn't been known for putting a ton of money into those kinds of things, and certainly things have changed. Right. Well, I think with the with the Claremont College's consortium, where Pomona Pitzer and Claremont Mud Scripts are right across the street from each other, I think it's you know it's hard not to kind of compare yourselves against one another. Uh, and, and as you say, they opened up a beautiful facility. Uh, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. So I don't know if there was any impetus behind, from that where our school was starting to say, okay, what are you going to do? Uh, we were ready to add some things, no doubt. You know, our facility, when we built it in the 80s, times have changed. The needs have changed. The expectations of the campus have changed. So I think our, our new facility really meets the needs of the entire campus in a, in a tremendous way. The actual basketball gym very much remained the same. We had a gym we, we really liked before. It's very similar to what it was. But the rest of the facility, I think, has really enhanced our entire uh, community. Well, it's certainly been impressive, and it's great to see across the board. And uh, I'm looking forward to finally getting my chance to be a little bit closer to Sky Clan. I was, I was close uh, a year and a half ago, but not close enough. I'm looking forward to getting out there and seeing all the facilities. Quick lighter, lighter sided notes, Coach Cat. Uh, I got to ask, of course, we've talked about this before. You're from Ellsworth, Maine. Uh, my mother today, on this Thursday, had to cancel an eye appointment in Ellsworth because she wasn't going to make the trip there and back in what looks like to be a significant winter day. You've been enjoying the Southern California weather and probably don't remember what it's like it be in Ellsworth, except today, interestingly enough, in your neck of the woods, I think they might be reminding you <laughs> of what it's like in down east Maine. And in the meantime, I'm getting Southern California weather with temperatures in the high 70s today will be brought back to reality this weekend. A little wild, but I couldn't I couldn't help but notice the fact that you you haven't quite gotten away from the nasty New England weather apparently of late. Well, you know, everything's flipped upside down, it seems like, yes. weather-wise in the country. Now, your mother is in Ellsworth, Maine? Oh, yeah. Well, she's further up. She's actually up uh, near Callis, but her well, doctor is in Ellsworth. She's real down east. Oh, she's down east, all right. Yeah, not not originally, but for 35, 36 years now. Oh, that's beautiful country out there. 
It beautiful is. country. You've been out, I hope, to visit her with some regularity. Uh, we try and visit as often as you can. We cannot help but visit because it's beautiful up there. Been, been back of late for reasons we didn't want to be back, but we're, we'll be back again uh, in March as well. You know, mud season's not the greatest season to be up there, but we will be up there for mud season. But I got to enjoy some snow this past winter. Wonderful. That's That's tremendous. But you are enjoying lousy weather while I've got your weather here out on the East Coast. It's a little well, bit you off. know the beauty the beauty of the lousy weather here is you know it's not going to last very long. <laughs> That's true. So it's it's a lot easier to put up with when <laughs> you know it's not going to last more than a day or two before that sun's back out. No, you're right. You have that advantage, whereas we know the nice weather I'm enjoying today on February 23rd is not going to last, and it will end shortly before eventually it comes back. And then our heat wave in the summer is lousy compared to the nice weather you all get to enjoy all year round. Coach, appreciate the time. Great to chat with you and have some fun. Uh, uh, good luck in the conference tournament. Uh, I think a lot of us think that we should probably be see you and hope we'll be seeing you uh, in the NCAA term on top of that. But I know you got business to take care of in the meantime. And as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned no, in? No, Dave, thanks a ton, man. Good spending some time with you. Good seeing you. Appreciate everything you do to create interest and excitement for the game. Thank you, coach. I appreciate your time. Take care. and We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All righty. Take care, my friend. Coach Cat joining us on this Thursday in a pre-recorded interview. Crazy weather we're all having, huh? Uh, great to have a conversation with him. I appreciate the time he found for us on a busy schedule out there. Skyac tournament worth watching gets rolling on Friday. Um, I listen, Pomona Pitzer, Claremont Mud Scripps, maybe Redlands is, is a is a sneaky uh, third one out of the out of that area, which would make bracketing just wild. And if anybody wants to. Um, somehow fly me out to the West Coast for that first weekend, should it ever develop. Sign me up. Hey, just got another donation on the uh, Hoopsville cause. We're climbing over that 50% mark. Really appreciate everybody who does it. You can find me on Venmo at Dave McHugh if you want to donate that way. You can also go through the Give Butter campaign. If you're watching the show, that QR code is the Give Butter campaign. We do lose a little bit of funding through that um, via um, some processing fees. Um, and if you want to contact us and send a check or find another way to send money, there's Zelle, for example, we'll happy to give you that personal information. Just contact us, email us, at d3sports.com. Um, we had somebody do that today. And like I said, we just got another donation while doing that segment. So thanks to everybody for your um, generosity. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up, take a look at some of the scores from today, like uh, John Carroll getting upset by Marietta, and wrap things up and look ahead to Sunday. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Thanks to our partners. We'll talk many more about them as well. Back with more after this. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities.
I used to never really talk, ever.、Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships, and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin, nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance; it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly. It's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal training and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoops Along this Thursday evening as we wrap things up in our final segment. If you got questions for us, tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. Email hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook and facebook.com, facebook.com slash hoopsville, I should say, or youtube.com slash d3hoopsville. Live simulcasting the show. My Aunt BJ's in there. We give her a shout out every time she tunes in and lets us know. Says she really likes the way we talk about strategies of the teams, but also the more personal stories. Of how team members work together and live their college lives. Well, thank you. That's half the purpose of our show. We absolutely love that side of things. By the way, you Chicago and my aunt BJ and the family live on the north side, or not on the north side? I should say that's that's not proper because I lived in the north side. That's an actual area of Chicago. No, but lived、um, north of the city. It's a better way of saying it. So great, great to have、uh, her always tuned in. Certainly appreciate it. Um, let's talk about some scores really quickly from around Division Three.、Uh, Mount Union defeated Heidelberg, eighty-three sixty-seven. Keene State over Eastern Connecticut, eighty-three sixty-one. The upset of the night is Marietta over John Carroll, seventy-nine seventy-five. Don't have the box score in front of me, but memory serves as I was watching that game that I thought John Carroll was somewhat in control, and I'm saying that a little bit loosely,、um, but they seemed to be in charge of that game. Hasn't gone that way. Marietta came storming back in that one, so that's the first bubble pop of on the men's side of things.、Um, and so there you go. It's、uh, it's just the way it is, as they say. But、um, John Carroll will get in. That's why I say it's a bubble pop. So anybody who you who has a program that was sitting on the bubble or sitting close to the bubble, that's the first one you didn't want to see popped, and it is gone on this Thursday night. WPI got past Clark. That game was a one-point game, I think, at halftime. WPI put up, I think, fifty points in the second half to get past them. So, congratulations to them.、Um, other scores that jump out at me: Odex, obviously, rolling along in women's side, but not tonight on the men's side.、Uh, Hope got past Adrian on the men's side.、Uh, Allegheny all over Theo, one hundred six sixty-six. 
Washington and Jefferson got smoked by Chatham, 87-61. So, you know, could this be Allegheny in the NCAA tournament from the PAC? That'd be fascinating. Um, I mean, just smoke Thiel. And then Chatham, I mean, Chatham could also, but Allegheny, who was 8-14 and 14 last season, is 19-8 and eight this season. And the two seed knock, uh, knocking off uh, Chatham and looking to take on now, or sorry, they'll take on Chatham, who knocked on the other. The pack tournament was wide, was wild. Um, but yeah, Allegheny may be in the tournament. Um, not that that pops any bubbles, but they obviously got to play another. It could be Chatham. You never know. A little side note for anybody who doesn't know. Of course, I got my start at Goucher. That's where I PA announced and all of that jazz. Head coach was Leonard Trevino. If you don't remember from uh, the committees of your of the past, I got a little too fancy there with my language. Of course, he's the uh, he's the uh, the AD at Chatham and, and been doing pretty well there at Chatham. So uh, just a little shout out uh, to, to to Leonard. Um, let's see here uh, other scores: uh, Farmingdale State over SUNY Maritime. Um, if everybody remembers the the craziness last weekend between Farmingdale and Yeshiva, it will not be uh, reengaged because Yeshiva lost. Um, I don't know why that's not on my score sheet in front of me. But Yeshiva did lose. So they're out of the... T- oh, there it is. Just couldn't find it. Manhattanville got past Yeshiva, 71-57. I believe that sets up Manhattanville versus Farmingdale State for the uh, title in the skyline. Uh, Babson passed Emerson tonight. Emerson had a good season, but Babson brings that to a close. Uh, just some of the scores. Nichols got past Wentworth, by the way, 93-84. Side note. I haven't heard anything out of Nichols about whether they ended up applying to Division II or not. We'll have to keep an eye on that and maybe chase that one down. On the women's side of things, by the way, if you notice, the audio's been a little low today. I'm not sure why. Try and boost it a little bit. Hasn't gotten better, so we'll have to look into that. Um, Ohio Northern barely got past Otterbine, 52-51, so the 11th-ranked Polar Bears survived. Uh, Marietta upset Baldwin-Wallace on the women's side as well, getting past the 12th-ranked Yellow Jackets. That might, I, I think that's going to pop some bubbles on the women's side. Baldwin-Wallace, I'm pretty sure, is a lock to get into that. But Marietta, men and women, pulling off the double upset. Um, forgive me, got to call this one up. Wartburg and Luther. Uh, Wartburg got the win 75-55 in women's basketball action out in the ARC. And the Dewhawks of Loris, um, absolutely rolled past Simpson in the second half, winning 88-54, outscoring Simpson 45-23 to in the second half. So that'll be Wartburg versus Loris in a top 25 battle for the ARC crown. That should be a dandy. Um, I'm actually going to hit ups, update on this because some of these games are still going on. Uh, we mentioned earlier WNL got past FNM. We mentioned Randolph got past Guilford in an upset. Uh, per se, just seedings-wise, I believe. Uh, the other upset was Finlandia over Salisbury in women's basketball action. Rhode Island College got past Mass Dartmouth, 66-60. Uh, Greensboro over Southern Virginia, 76-71. Just some of the notes I saw. Of course, Shenandoah, I think, came from behind. I'm actually going to call up the box score here because I thought I saw Randolph making up on... Um, yeah, they did. Holy cow. Um, so interesting. Randolph making won the first quarter, 19-7. Shenandoah won the second quarter, 22-10, to 10, which made it a 29-29 ball game at halftime. Randolph-Macon won the third quarter, 12-10, to 10, but Shenandoah 
won the fourth quarter 27-16 to win that one. Um, impressive win by Shenandoah there uh, in the ODAC play. Uh, Eastern Connecticut, who's having a great season, got past Castleton tonight. Um, Mary Washington, easy past Mount Mary. Um, see if any of these scores really surprise me. I don't think a lot of them do. Games are ongoing, by the way. Uh, Bridgewater is having an easy time of Roanoke up 14 right now, and some games on the West Coast are firing up as well. Um, so that's going to wrap it up on our end. Let's talk about um, this coming weekend. A reminder, Sunday, we're going to be on the air. We're aiming for 6 o'clock. Might be earlier. I doubt it, but we might be. On the air 6 o'clock, we will have our mock selection shows. We'll be starting with the women and then going to the men. We'll also hear from both committee chairs who we believe will be out in Indianapolis. So we'll get final updates from them and looks around and all that of the work that they are doing. We will also talk to some of those who have punched their tickets to the NCAA tournament. In case in point, maybe an Allegheny um, who could be the PAC men's champion. There was another one I thought of today. Uh, So we'll get some of those unique conversations with those who we know are in. Occasionally we'll talk to some bubbly schools. It all depends on if we can book somebody, if we have time. Uh, I'm actually busy earlier in the day with a lacrosse game. Then I'm coming back, focusing all on basketball, banging out some interviews while guys are working behind the scenes as we get ready to do the mock selections. It's a big team effort, but tune in. That's a 6 o'clock at this time, start East Coast time. It is a monster show. You'll want to join. You'll want to tune in. You'll want to listen to what we have to say, explanations for why teams aren't in positions that they have. We will try to hashtag glean the regional rankings, whether it's the ones before the National Committee gets them or maybe even leaked information from uh, the final ones. We do get that on occasion, and sometimes we're over, but we'll make our efforts because it helps us with our mock selections. We'll have our own mock rankings on where we think everybody lines up. But then more importantly, if we can get our hands on a better idea of that, we'll certainly try and glean those. Um, So that'll all take place on Sunday. And by the way, when we're done with the mock selections, uh, those behind the scenes at D3 Hoops will then um, map it out and and put the brackets together, how we would love to see the brackets. The bracketing side is definitely the more wide open of of the entire process. The mock selections, we're we're pretty good at that. Then on Monday... I will be up bright and early because I will be recording the NCA bracket shows with Brendan Gulick for NCA.com. Those will be available on D3hoops.com. As we understand it, 1 o'clock Eastern time for the men's bracket on Monday, 2.30 Eastern time on the women's. There's been some confusion. We were initially told 3. Long story short, it's 1 o'clock and 2.30, men and women. And yes, I'll admit now, we're going to see the men's bracket, which is going to tell us a lot about who's hosting on the women's side. Maybe something we'll fix in the future about making sure that those two brackets alternate um, when they need to. Um, And then 7 o'clock on Monday night, we will have our bracket breakdown show. First reactions to those brackets, talk to committee chairs again about decisions that were made, and then we'll get our experts in to talk about those. Sometimes we'll get some coaches in, especially if there's a surprise. But most of the programs will wait until Thursdays NCA preview show, which will be a little bit longer. We can't talk to everybody. We'll, we'll try and pick out some of the more unique stories to talk to out there. So there you go. Any questions? Looking around to see if we've missed any. I don't think we have. Uh, double checking to just make sure. Um, no, we're, we're good. It looks like everybody is good for the night. If you have questions while we're off air, you can always email us, hoops at d3hoops.com or d3sports.com. You can also join us wherever it must be, 
um, where you want to chat with us. You're always welcome to do that. In fact, I'm going to double check that we don't have a message hiding somewhere on Facebook. That that sometimes happens. No, nope, it doesn't look like we do. Um, so there you go. Busy few days ahead. Go to d3hoops.com. Watch as many games as you can. Enjoy the broadcast. Enjoy the, the, the carnage, the craziness, all of that. There's certainly plenty to see. Um, and uh, in the meantime, if you have a few dollars to spare, help us out too. Um, donate to the cause, as it were, at um, Venmo and or Give Butter. Um, or if you, again, want to send us um, separate funding, to the side, whether it's through Zelle, which is basically a bank account transferring system, or via check. Contact us, hoopsville.d3sports.com. We will get you the information that you so need, and we much, very much appreciate it. Uh, of course, uh, our goal is a pretty lofty one, but it's a, it's a significant one that can help us quite a bit um, pivot towards doing this into our third decade. Yeah, you heard that right. Heading to our third decade decade with that we sign off i want to thank our guests tonight from oswego jason leon from case western reserve of course um todd mcginnis i want to thank uh from messiah mike miller from u chicago maria williamson and from bombona pitzer charles katsiaficus by the way anybody out there who needs to say his name say it right um i also want to thank the uh sids who certainly helped out matthew at messiah um sam at pomona pitzer I want to thank Todd at Case Western, uh, Adam at Oswego. Um, Am I forgetting one? Oh, of course, Nathan um, at uh, Nathan, right? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, Nathan. I got it right. At UChicago. Thanks to all of those who have helped us out tremendously with the resources we need to put this show together. And a big thank you to my family who had to find a way to at least try and celebrate my birthday today with me. Um, Went out and got me my favorite ice cream and found found about a 30-minute window in my day. Uh, to celebrate with me on a day that was wildly warm, but apparently, according to my family, it was wildly warm when I was born in Chicago on this date. We won't discuss how many years ago. Um, but uh, thanks to the family for being understanding. Thanks to Tucker for uh, only ghosting us once during the show, uh, for anybody who's watching the uh, the uh, conversation with Pomona Pitzer. That'll do it. We'll be uh, back on the air Sunday at uh, 6 o'clock Eastern time. Plenty to talk about. But go to d3hoops.com. We have our conference trackers as well. You can see what every conference is doing and how it's playing out. We've got our re- the regional rankings on there. We have strength of schedule information. We have scores. We have links to box scores and live video and live stats. Whatever it is, make d3hoops.com your home. Of course, really appreciate the support that they provide us here on the show at d3hoops.com, including a, a website home as well. Also, a major thanks, thank you to Sport Tourers International. Uh, Brett Seymour and the entire staff, if you want to improve your schedule, plain and simple, and your team you think is going to be competitive, especially for NCAA purposes in the next year or two, contact us. We will get you in touch with Sport Tours International, who helps us put together the D3Hoops.com Classic, the annual event out at South Point Arena in Las Vegas. I kid you not. Those of you who complain about we can't schedule anybody, this is an easy solution. If you think you're competitive and you think you need the, the advantage to your schedule, you need to come to the D3Hoops.com Classic. You need to contact Sport Tours International. Great friend of the show. Appreciate Brett Seymour uh, as well. Side note, quick shout out to Kerry Harvey Cutter. He called me earlier today. I could not pick up the phone at the time. I will be calling him tomorrow. But he's a good man, 
I love that man to death. Um, he has been synonymous and a huge influence on how Division Three championships are run. And uh, Kerry, hats off to you, sir. In the meantime, I want to also thank uh, all of you who have donated to the show. But most importantly, thank you to the w- Women's Basketball Coaches Association, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, for their ongoing support of this show. It has meant a lot to us, and we really appreciate it and look forward to working with them for years to come. And with that, we wrap things up. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios, including our partners at Sport Tours International. If you um, want to be a guest of this show, by the way, you can always contact us. But if you want to use this show, please do so in a copyrighted manner. Please give us the proper respects as it do. And if you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to watch Hoopsville. Now in our 20th season and looking to be around for a lot longer. Good night, everybody.